listening to RazRadioLive.com, home of the first 52, the Weekend Review, the Rob Revere Show, Canna Fornication, and the Mallard Report. If you like what you hear on RazRadioLive.com, quit being such a cheap bitch and help us out. There's donation bars on the website, and if you use Amazon, link to them through us so we can get paid. Now let me stop bothering you and get you back to the quality programming that you like hearing, only heard on RazRadioLive.com.
Hey, this is Jack Blood, your radio gun from DeadlineLive.info and the Jack Blood Show. You're listening to the first 52 with Sean, Raz Radio Live. Stay bold. There is no turning back. You take the blue pill. The story ends. You wake up in your bed and believe whatever you want. You take the red pill. You stay in Wonderland. And I show you how deep the rabbit hole goes.
All I'm offering is the truth, nothing more. And away we go. That's right, Saturday, March 2nd, 2013, and we're coming live straight from FEMA Region 4 in Southwest Florida. I hope you're ready for a Saturday night of some uh, news, information, and of course, a whole lot of fun. So get ready. It's going to be going down just like that. Of course, to my right is my beautiful wife, Lexi. How do you do? We do wonderful. And normally we would be hearing uh, the lovely voice of Fortoed Jones, but uh, he'll be joining us later from good old Rob Fest up in uh, North Florida there. Uh, he had a special event to go to that I wanted to be at, but I just really couldn't get to. Uh, so instead, we're going to have the, uh, the sultry voice of our one and only Kevin Harris. Yeah, yeah, I get to take place for that fucking nine-toed cock. Sucker. He's probably still <laughs> next to the big bed. Yeah, I know, right, right. He's still. Uh, he, they might have cooked him last night. Who knows with his luck? <laughs> <laughs> so here we are, a Friday night. All right, Friday night. What night is it, uh, guys? Forgive Saturday. me. Saturday. Yeah. Forgive That's me. Right. It's it's been a long day. I've I've been. <laughs> if you can't tell, I'm a little sinusy. I got some allergies and some red tide. Really, just just kicking my ass again. Um, so I'm a little little off on, on my uh, thinking here tonight. Some fucking chemtrails for you. Yeah, I know, those lovely chemtrails. Yeah, and I'm snorting in the microphone That's there. We Sorry. We have to listen to that, too. <laughs> no, I'll try not to do that again. That was a big no-no mistake. As usual, and you'll see in the camera, for those of you watching, uh, or that you don't know you can watch, uh, you go over to YouTube, we've tweeted out the links for it, or you can search the first 52, uh, 3, 2, and you'll find the link for the live uh, video stream of us. It's a few seconds behind, um, so it won't quite match up. But it's neat, neat to see what we're doing in studio, uh, if, you're, if you're interested in watching that. <laughs> I know it's not your favorite, honey. You know, Sean, what they can do is they can turn on a video to watch you and turn the audio off and turn the audio on for TF52, and they can listen and watch. Yes, they can do that. The only problem is it's uh, it's it's off by about 15 seconds. So it look, it's like you're watching a bad... Uh, dubbed Chinese movie or something. You know, be like, and then Just we talk a little more. Be okay. <laughs> oh, hold on. We're already ringing over here. We're going to turn the answer that. Just sit tight there, caller. I'll get with you in a couple minutes. <clears throat> so, uh, as you see in my hand here, I've got a whole stack of, uh, of news articles I want to go over tonight. Some good, some bad, some indifferent. Um, Kevin, I know you've been uh, reading over what's there. Honey, I know you got a, a quick glimpse of what I have here. Uh, we, we have so many quick and early, so let me bring up the uh, phone line here. Who do I got from the, nine one, the 941 area code? Well, hello. Hello. Oh, it's shifty. This is the ghost of boyfriend's past. <laughs> How you doing, old boyfriend? I uh, am, am uh, uh, butthurt yet again. Uh, I understand that... Uh, Dave, Mr. Uh, Nine-Toed Cocksucker, is not with you. And you did not choose to call me to join uh, your radio program. Instead, 
uh, you chose and won Kevin Harris. Don't you know I would kill Kevin Harris in an IQ test? How come I have a feeling I'm being set up here? Because you and I talked last night, and then this morning, all of a sudden, Kevin was on, so I assume that you forgot about your wife's birthday, and that's why Kevin was covering for you. Just trying to take mm-hmm. care of my bitches. <laughs> so what you're saying is is that uh, you want... Okay, now I feel like a dickhead. So you wanted me to do your show tonight, and when you asked me to come down there, I didn't have time. Yes, exactly. I did ask you to come down here. Uh, I could have done it from my house. Oh, see? I'm sorry. Sorry to derail, but yes, uh, Kevin, by the way, yeah, that just made me realize uh, I got big problems tomorrow night. Love you guys. Have a good night. <laughs> see you, Shifty. <laughs> I got another caller. Well, early callers tonight. I got another caller on the line from 727. How you doing? Uh, how are your sinuses from the chemtrails? <laughs> <laughs> how come I have a feeling this is an er- early check-in from Robfest or Robstock? This is from the chemtrails killing you today. You don't feel good. <laughs> yeah, I'm not feeling well at all. <laughs> Poor baby. You okay? You want me to come there and make you feel better? If, if you can get if you can get the chemtrail snot out of me, yeah, you probably would be great. <laughs> uh, everybody say hi to Raz. There goes your your first official phone call from from Rockstockwood. Excellent. <laughs> How you doing, brother? I'm doing good. I'm uh, I'm here next to everybody. Uh, Red and uh, and Suki and uh, I pronounced it right. <laughs> and Ferris. Everybody, give your name. Chris. Dylan. Daddy. Nancy. Sounds like a fucking Musketeer roll call, doesn't it? <laughs> yeah, it does. Hey, Bruce. Adam. Yeah. That's McLarty. Hey, Roger, it's Luke. There you go. And uh, guys are, uh, I think they're all fucking in the back of uh, a trucker Mike's truck. I think there's like a circle jerk going on over there. Oh. Or but, yeah, we wanted to just call and mess with you a little bit. Uh, oh, absolutely. Uh, enjoyed having you on the show. Hi, Lexi. How you doing, hon? Yeah. She just had to step away for a second, of course. Okay. Well, we want you to have a good show. I think we're trying to find a way to get you playing through uh, Mike's truck, and I think I could have sworn I saw him carry a microphone. So I'm sure someone's going to bug you and try to Skype in or something. Still, yeah. the show is kind of a yeah. yeah. The third hour, the third hour, from what I understand, we're going to do a whole roundtable with you guys up there. So the eleven o'clock hour, we'll be bringing everybody on board uh, just to have a good old time and have some fun talk uh, with the with the people that'll probably be completely sloshed and full of roasted pig. By then, I'll be so fucked up I won't even know who you are. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, and Ford told, said uh, he's going to call and say, let him know you're not coming, Dave. <laughs> I can't come in tonight. <laughs> Dave said he couldn't come in, and he forgot to tell you he was going to be in Brooksville tonight. Yeah, thanks for the warning, brother. I had it taken care of. <laughs> yeah, all right, good, man, because uh, you should be, you guys, all, all three of you should be here tonight, man. Uh, I'm really, I'm really kind of, it's the only missing piece here. I know. I wish we could be up there, brother. I really do. I, I know, I know, I know. You'll be up here next week, man. I yes, we will. Yes, we will. All right, guys, uh, give me a call back in the in the eleven. Go, man. My battery's dying. I'm gonna let you go. All right, Ledge. We'll talk to you soon, brother. Take care. Peace out, brother. So that was a, a little visit from Scott Ledge. Kevin, were you trying to cut in there because it wasn't coming through? Yeah, my fucking computer. As you well know, this week my uh, mixing board took a giant shit on me. So I had to revert back to this little tiny itty bitty Behringer 802A, which does work. But I think I have a fuse issue with my uh, my big, wonderful, lovely board. Ooh. So I bought another one. I hope it's not a major issue because that's the same board. Salt. It's very similar to Salty's board, and he had a major problem with his. 
I bought another one. Fuck it. I, I have money right now, so I'm going ghetto and just bought another one. <laughs> the ghetto wad is going. Well, I mean, you can't do a show without a board, and I'd rather have one on backup than not have one at all. So, you know, it's just that just what I did. I just I said, fuck it. I bought another one, and life is good. So Cool. All right, let's get into some topics here. First one I want to touch on, uh, I find it very amusing. Uh, the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air theme song prompts a school lockdown. Uh, I just couldn't believe this when I read it, That uh, how it went down. Basically what had happened was uh, this, this boy had an appointment with his eye doctor, and the eye doctor called the, the boy to confirm the appointment. Well, he didn't answer. He got the vo- she got the voicemail. Um, and what she thought she heard was, I, can come to the f- I can't come to the phone right now because I'm going to kill all the expletives at my school. This is what the lady thinks she heard. When, when the voicemail is truly... I'm going to have to turn another light on. I am getting old. I, I really am. This is ridiculous, and I, I, I'm getting this old. What's that? So welcome to my club. Yeah, I know, right? Um, the voicemail actually was... And now I can't find it. Why can't I find it all of a sudden? It, it was the opening to um, Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Uh, oh, the shooting some b-ball outside of the school was the verse the boy was quoting in the voicemail. And the girl heard, I'm going to kill all my effing friends, all my effing school, at my effing school. Um, so I really found that crazy. And they actually went in. Uh, they called the police department, and they, they were informed that the student was in the guidance office. They surrounded the school, okay? <laughs> they surrounded the school. His locker was searched, but police didn't find anything. He was then taken into custody and taken to the Ambridge Police Department for questioning. Um, and they, they just can't believe that this went down. And the, the <laughs> A statement released by the parents at Ambridge Super, uh, by Ambridge Super, Superintendent Erv Weissendale... Uh, he basically said, while the situation can be considered to be a false alarm, it was an excellent opportunity to test our emergency procedures. So this poor boy now has been subject to being arrested and brought into jail over something he didn't do. And, was it a Catholic school? Uh, no, it was a regular public school. Okay, he didn't get fucked then. Okay, go on. <laughs> well, the thing is, is, is that it didn't even originate with the school. It originated from this this receptionist at a doctor's office. Jesus. People, yeah. you, you know, Bubba, he, he uh, kind of keys it best. It's a pussification of America at its best. It's people, you know, you can't, what is it, the law I've seen where it's illegal in, uh, was it Florida, to make a finger gun? And no, that's not Florida. Kids? No, that wasn't here in Florida, but that has happened a few different times. As a matter of fact, I posted an article today, or no, I'm sorry, I didn't post an article. Somebody was sharing a picture and I think I shared it on my Facebook, of a little boy uh, had chewed his Pop-Tart, and the teacher said it looked like a gun, so he got suspended. Jesus. For a Pop-Tart that looked like a gun. If that happened to your kid or uh, oh, even my kid, I would go off the fucking hook, uh, dude. I would go I'm ballistic. Guy, and I just, they have to get, like, seven police to, like, detain me because I just... You can't do that to kids. Let kids be kids, for Christ's sakes. If he wants to chew it in the shape of a, you know, a titty, let him chew it in the shape of a titty. Nipple not included, you know? <laughs> exactly. I mean, I just don't get. 
I don't get how that can be allowed to grow like that, and things like that can happen. You know, since we're on schools and and uh, stupid things going on and, and kids, <clears throat> Texas just recently, or, or Texas is working on a bill. Uh, they're trying to pass a bill that would give um, your child the right to consent for vaccines. Uh, the Fuck. bill... <laughs> <laughs> that's pretty You're close to you <laughs> I do that good don't I yes you do yeah I know I know I tend to do that very good son of a bitch bless you the bill SB 63 uh, titled relating to consent to the immunization of certain children would allow for the consent to immunizations by a child if the child is pregnant or is in the custody or is the custodial parent of a child. It also notes a healthcare provider or facility may rely on the written statement of the child containing the, gra- containing the grounds on which the child has capacity to consent. So to top it off, to top it off, Kevin, they're giving young people who are pregnant, who should not be getting vaccines anyway, the ability to consent to get a vaccine. No. I've got one kid that's mine that I made, quite pleasurably, I might add, and one that I'm raising that's not mine. He's my my stepkid, as it were, but I won't let either one of them get vaccines. And this, uh, what's his doctor, uh, was it Doc Sat? Yeah. No, Diakos. Oh, Diakos, yeah. And my, let me go off the rails a little bit, but my coworker has a baby, and he's, what, three months old? And I shared that website with him, twoandtalking.com. And I says, do not get all his vaccines at one time. I says, do one at a time or maybe two. But for God's sakes, dude, read up. You know, do your due diligence. You know, be educated. And he did that. And for and he's he's following the structure of only one or two uh, you know shots at a time. That's vaccines will fucking kill you. Oh yeah, the, you definitely educate yourself. I can't tell you what to do, what not to do with vaccines. Now, did they give an age range? in the article like five six uh, it 10, says here 12. it doesn't say for this bill it basically says if they're 12 years old and they have a kid then yeah they they can they can do it or if they're 13 years old and they have a kid any any pregnant or the custodial parent of a child so a child that has a child is what it comes down to you know my son's 11 years old and he's still a fucking goober he doesn't he wants to play with, you know, Legos and Pokemon and Bakugan. And well, that's what he should be doing. And exactly. And I'm raising him that way. It's where he can be a kid. When he gets 15, 16, 17, you know, I'll start introducing bows and arrows. And I've taken him out shooting before, and he enjoys the hell out of that. But he's still a kid. Let him be kids, man. Well, further down in this article, it goes into another newly introduced Texas bill, SB 64, t- titled Relating to... a a policy on vaccine-preventable diseases for licensed child care facilities would force workers in Texas child care facilities to get uh, inoculated against vaccine-preventable diseases. There's an oxymoron in itself, um, which are defined as the disease, disease diseases included in the most current recommendation of the Advisory Committee on Immunization Practice of the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. Okay, everyone drink immunization, by the way. Immunization? <laughs> Are we going to play the drinking game tonight? No, no, I had a good start on you, bud. I'll be hammered by the time the show is over with. <laughs> I probably won't be because I'm not going to be drinking too heavy. I got uh, 
I gotta get this this damn sinus thing under control. Tell uh, about the sinus rinse. Go out and buy one for fifteen bucks. I know, I know. You told me. So either way, we shouldn't be allowing this. Um, these bills hopefully will not pass. We know that we saw a similar bill in California. They talk about that in the article also, uh, which was which allows for twelve year olds uh, to consent to vaccines. Um, you know, we saw the whole Gardasil shot going on and uh, uh, children getting damaged by that constantly. Even adults that got it um, got damaged by it. So these vaccines aren't good. Um, I got a really bad cold Wednesday. I mean, I was dragging my dick in the dirt. I couldn't move. I couldn't do anything. I went to work anyways because I got to do my job. But I eat really healthy now, and I take vitamin C like fucking Tic Tacs and zinc when I get, you know, once a day. This cold lasted approximately a day and a half, and I'm getting all that shit out of my system right now. And that's all you need is vitamins, minerals, and good food. You don't need all these flipping shots, man. Yeah, no, I don't. You know, we know I don't take shots. I got that uh, flu a few months ago, a few weeks ago, whatever it was, <laughs> and uh, that kicked my butt. You know, and that's not what this is. This is definitely we have a really bad. The red tide came back with a vengeance again. Um, that's been that's been really. What's it, what are we like three months now? This red tide's been. Yeah, I don't. And so many people have had this discussion with me just this past week because so many people have been just taken with this thing. But we've never had red tide like this. And my mom was even a little bit paranoid leaving. She was like, "I'm gonna check that out because there's it's like killing fish." So, <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, that tends to happen." That's what it does. <laughs> that's, the, uh, that's the Rick J strain that you guys had. Ugh. Oh, yeah, the I.O. plague that we all got. That's what almost got James, man. That's why he's been gone and just came back tonight. Yeah, I, I even called him on his show to give him a little support and talk to him and share with him my uh, my Vegas um, plight of the edibles. <laughs> yeah, I heard that part. Very good. Uh, I'm glad to have him back. Also, um, you know, I didn't even say this in the beginning. Um, uh, Scott from St. Louis, Guilty Angel. He uh, did the Guilty by Association show this afternoon. He's still learning. He's working on it. He's getting there. He's doing a good job. Um, you know, everybody, give him a little support. Understand, you're going to hear. You're not going to hear an hour of straight talk with him. You're going to hear a little bit of talk and then some music. And that's just his, you know, learning process. And uh, just give the guy a chance. Treat him well. He's still uh, no, Raz Radio, Bubba Army, Burke Brigade. There's one Twitter guy out there who. Some people are perceiving as a hater, and he's not. Uh, Josh Joshua three sixteen skin and biscuits. He is what I consider our uh, sounding board for making us sound better because he's a dead honest motherfucker, and he's cool. I've talked to him on the phone. A blight. I was drunk, but still, <laughs> he uh, he's a, he's a cool guy, man. I really dig him. He's he hammers Jesse's dick in the dirt like there's no tomorrow. But the kid needs that, which is a different show. But still, yeah, he is a good guy. He's definitely uh, a, a big I promoter. To, uh, yeah, he's uh, he's honest, and that's what we need in radio is people that are honest. I don't want someone to say my show sounds good or your show sounds good because we're on the radio. Fuck that. Critique us and tell us what we need to do. Oh, hell yeah. He's called me out before even. he uh, uh, Back when I was sick, he called me out for my colloidal silver. Uh, I thought he was mad at me. I was like, oh, my gosh. And then, you know, I realized that's just how he is. But, uh, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. Take it like a, a man. That's, uh, that's what it comes down to. Uh, if, you're, if you're going to do yeah, exactly. If you're going to do this kind of thing, you're going to have to take whatever it is you get. You don't think uh, these guys at IO don't get uh, reamed and and driven into the ground. So uh, just keep that in mind. Good. <laughs> no, just just keep that in mind. That's all. Um, where are we going to go here? Let's see. 
How about what's uh, what's grabbed your attention this week, Kevin? Uh, a lot of whiskey. <laughs> a lot of whiskey. <laughs> uh, I mean, in my personal life, I've uh, I spent a couple thousand dollars on a large format printer so I can start doing more, you know, graphics and banners and things and hook people up and window screens, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera, and get a new vinyl cutter today, which I picked up for next to nothing. Mm. Trying to get more into the graphic area because I am Kevin a sticker guy, but that's uh, nothing to do with this show. <laughs> but well, it does a little bit because uh, hopefully down the road we'll have uh, some stickers from Kevin the sticker guy. Uh, your envelope is packed as well as let's see what's her name, Melody Whedon's. I got hers packed, and Ryan was asking about them, and I don't charge for them. I spend all this money to make all this stuff and don't get reimbursed, but I don't care about it too much because it's you know share and show love, and I've got to make some Raz Radio stickers. Jesus Christ! Yeah, that would be nice. That would be. Uh, the, I have the two, the old TF fifty two ones you made me. I'm kind of waiting on that big printer to get it set up so I can. I've I've spent probably twenty five three thousand dollars this week. I bought a, a cutter, which is like a thirty four inch cutter, so I can accurately cut them without this, you know, using a knife and stuff. Right. I got, uh, I can even show you this. Can't show many other people, but I can show you. Will it be uh, two other people seeing it? That's for sure. Hold on. That cutter right there. Big cutter. See that? Yeah. Wow. It's a thirty some odd inch cutter. I picked that up. Some guy died, and some guy gave it to me, and you know he might want a few hundred bucks. No big deal. But for me, you know, I'm trying to just trying to hook the brigade and the bub army, and of course the uh, the ledge heads up, <laughs> the stuff like that. And it's I have a 12 by 16 studio. It's not too big. I don't know. You ever seen a studio, dude? Occasionally, I've seen some pictures of it. Give you the uh, ones over here. The tour of the uh, studio. <laughs> Neon's not included. <laughs> Vinyl stuff on the walls. My Budweiser blimp, which I'm very proud of. Uh, <laughs> I used to printer right there that makes all the decals. Ah, uh, there's the special printer. Yeah, that's a four thousand dollar printer. I picked that one up for a song and a dance. So you can find a lot of that stuff if you really look hard. Um, pretty pretty good deals, I'm sure. Obviously, you've been finding them. Well, working in the beer industry allows me a certain. Um, carte blanche for used equipment as it were so and being a graphics guy for Budweiser has it certain perks yeah I'm sure it does especially when there's uh, extra stuff and things like that you would be surprised when they give give away throw away uh, like the neons in here I've got one two I've given a lot away actually I've only got two neons left yeah when I was in the restaurant business that was a big thing um, we were able to the, the old neons that came out of the restaurants uh they usually, usually the beer distributors like, ah, oh, we're just throwing them away. So I collected up. Well, I had a bunch for a really long time, and uh, I eventually filtered them out. As a matter of fact, um, I have a neon in the I.O. studios right in the middle of the uh, the whole broadcast booth there, and then, of course, uh, a surfboard in the hallway. If you walk down I.O., when you come to visit, you'll see my big old surfboard. Uh, what was it? Uh, Foster's yeah. surfboard. I gave them the hang up in there. So I've got my presence in I.O. at all times. I have a, a small presence there myself. I have a, a banner I made for him. And I'll even let the cat out of the bag. I got a banner for Ledge and a banner for Shannon. I've, I printed uh, allegedly at work. <laughs> allegedly. Latex printed in their 5 by 3 They're nice ones. I'm going to try to get uh, Shannon to auction off one of the two that I've sent him to help raise money for uh, Colin, so or Colin's kids. Oh, that'd be cool. That's a good thing. Nice, nice, nice. All right, so, um, yeah. what are you giggling about back there? Oh, it was just really loud. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't mean to be really loud. I'm awake. You're awake now? Over here still. 
So I guess um, Robert Gibb, Gibbs, you know who that is? Not a clue. No, uh, <laughs> Robert, Gibb, Robert Gibbs was a, a former press secretary. Um, you might remember him from the Obama campaign when they hijacked the uh, reporters and Obama disappeared and he wasn't on the plane. Did you ever yeah. see those clips of that? Vaguely. Yeah, he was like, oh, well, don't worry. Uh, he had some meetings. So he came out this week um, and basically told us that Operation Mockingbird is still in force and still in play. And uh, they lie to us on a on a regular basis. I actually have audio for this one, so I'm going to bring that up. And let's hear what, what Robert Gibbs has to say about what they've been doing. <laughs> Excuse me. Sorry, guys. I'll try not to snort in the microphone anymore as this video loads up. <laughs> Kevin, I even went through today and ripped some audio. So it When wasn't, I went through uh, the process of becoming press secretary, one of the things, one of the first things they told me was, you're not even to acknowledge the drone program. You're not even to discuss that it exists. Wow. And so I would get a question like that, and literally I, I couldn't tell you what Major asked, because once I figured out it was about the drone program, <laughs> I realized I'm not supposed to talk about it. And But here's what's inherently crazy about that proposition. You're being asked a question based on reporting of a program that exists. <laughs> right. So you're the official government spokesperson exactly. acting as if the entire program, pay no attention to the man behind the curtain. Right. Pay no attention to the man behind the curtain out of his own mouth. Well, yeah, it's, they don't, it's, you've worked in government just like I have in the military. And I did uh, personnel and security clearances, so I get to be a little privy to some of the bullshit they're spewing at you. And it's, it's like you said, don't uh, pay attention to the man behind the curtain. We're going to do what we're going to do, and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, it's scary to think that, but it, it's just when you hear these people admit this stuff, um, it just makes you wonder. And that was on that was on MSNBC. I mean, that was on TV. That wasn't you know a private conversation. And <laughs> he's telling us that they've been lying to us for years. Well, yeah, it's. They want us to walk around and be happy and stupid and spend money and just do this and do that, and they're going to control this nation and drive it into a goddamn the hole that we've been driven into. They're not going to. They have driven it into a hole. Yep. And yep. it's, you know, I have to give credit, actually, for opening my eyes to, to Ledge because when I listened to his show and I heard this little fucking half-breed on there become his you know, uh, <laughs> satellite producer. I'm like, who's this fucking guy? And um, I'm like, you know, I started listening and listening, and Ledge made a lot of sense, so I started opening my eyes. But before that, I was just as blind as the rest of America, just yeah. living my daily life and enjoying and drinking and just, you know, fucking and having a good time. Well, I've told this story before. You know, I didn't wake up or, or come aware of this stuff until... After my son, my my second son was born, which would have been uh, 2009 is when I really paid attention to this and realized that there was something that wasn't right. Um, and it's weird when you first wake up. So you're you basically you're a year and a half, two years into this then. And yeah, it's uh, yeah. it's a rough road and you're you're in the process. You know, it doesn't seem like, you know, when I woke up, I went headstrong I, I i i'm add boy so i really just dive into everything i drove lexi batty forever um and it started out real slow at first but then it got worse and worse and worse um so you're still in that process of building up that going through the process yeah it's 
for me, it's, you know, it's, and I think Ledge described it best because I called one time and I asked him, I says, how do you know what, what you're going through? And he says, first, it's disbelief or something like that. Then it's anger. Then it's acceptance. And it's, I'm still on the pissed off stage. You know, it's, you know, why are they fucking doing this to us? It's, I know I don't buy into everything and, you know, the chemtrails. Okay, I'm looking up. Fuck you. But um, <laughs> I'm still. I'm trying to examine and find more news sources and things. Uh, people like Trucker Mike, you know, that's a, a very informed guy, God, as talkative as he sure. is. But uh, to his credit, he's cut the wind noise down by 90%. Yes, so. he definitely has. God damn it, Sean. Fucker. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Yeah, no, tr Trucker Mike, uh, if you're looking for a video, if you're looking for a movie, you go to Trucker Mike's... Uh, YouTube page or check out truckersfortruth.com I believe it is. He's got everything he's putting out. Um, you know, he's just doing a great job with with what he's sharing there. And him and his uh he does tandem driving and him him and his tandem driver are going to start doing uh broadcast from the road. Uh so that should be interesting as that gets moving forward. I'm excited to see how that goes for him. I wish my good mixing board was up cuz I could do a parody of it. Like <laughs> yeah, and it was always like that. No matter what show he was calling, it was. It didn't matter if it was I.O. or our shows or what. It was just you got a big win. We'll hear from him tonight. He's over at the uh, the big party. Uh, I know. I, I wish I wasn't two thousand miles away, and I'm I'm trying to plan a trip down there in October. But my coworker is Army Reserve, and he may be getting deployed uh, to Afghanistan. So oh. if I have to to. Uh, train a new person in the in the sign shop as it were it'll kind of kill my travel plans i'll be like uh you know it's it is what it is i guess well hopefully that doesn't happen because we were uh looking forward to you coming down and visiting with us oh i'll make it down mark my words i'm gonna grab i'm not gonna grab i'm going to invite amber to come with me and uh she's a she's a fun one trust me you'll enjoy her uh presence in the the uh, compounds down there Oh, I'm sure we will. She seems like a nice girl. I know her and Lexi have communicated a lot. Just watch out for her chocolate bars is all I'm saying. Oh, I, I would love her <laughs> chocolate bars. Piece Dude, of candy? Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. Ooh, piece of candy. <laughs> allegedly. Uh, allegedly. Uh, Go ahead. Blind James show describing what that was about, so. Oh, did. Who did? What? Well, he was. his show is all about can of fornication, so I, uh. Described in detail on how that uh the uh, the roofie happened to me in Las Vegas. How did that? What? How the roofie? Okay. He he. She likes. He didn't hear it. She was busy with the uh, the sun at the time. Give you a little uh, brief uh, recap. <clears throat> we were leaving Planet Hollywood because our rooms got screwed up, and we got the worst hotel in Las Vegas, bar none. After that, but in the interim. Coming down the escalator, I get handed a little bar of chocolate. I'm a little hungover because we were drinking. I was up with Matt Mills drinking until 4 a.m. And 6 a.m., uh, she came in her room and made my night much better. But <laughs> <laughs> about 11 or 12 that afternoon, we are coming down the escalator, and she gives me a little chocolate bar. So I'm like, oh, cool. Chocolate's good for hangovers. A little sugar, a little caffeine, a little, you know, whatever. So I munch this thing down. I drive us to our new hotel. We get settled in. We can't check in yet. So, you know, all the bags are in the car. We go to get lunch. And by now, this chocolate bar is kicking in full swing. Mm. It's one of those uh, edibles. And I do not smoke as a rule. So um, I'm sitting there. I have a Bloody Mary in front of me, a water, and a cup of coffee. You know, the, the whole hangover trifecta, as it were. Yes. And 
I'm trying to get food and I'm, I'm like, I'm, I'm paranoid. I'm like, what the fuck's going on, dude? Did someone roofie me? You know, and I'm, I'm looking around and I'm like, don't leave me. I want some, I don't know where I'm at. You know, I'm, I'm totally spaced out. I don't know what the fuck I'm doing. And I'm finally, we're sitting down, we're eating and I'm just kind of zoning. I'm like, what the hell's going on? And Jesse's across the table and Amber's next to me. And I finally figure it out. Oh, the chocolate bar. <laughs> <laughs> so, they snuck it in on you, didn't they? <laughs> We had to share a two bedroom or a two bedroom up there, so we got, finally got our room. I barely made it through check in. I'm stumbling and walking and kind of like gooberish. And I get up to the room. I just take off my jeans in front of everybody, lay down on the bed, and Amber looks over and she goes, oh, "He's gone feel." <laughs> <So>. <laughs> yeah, it's a, it's a, not a nice thing when somebody sne- uh, sneaks it to you. But as long as you enjoyed it and didn't let it uh, totally affect you, you know, you'll be all right. Uh, don't forget, guys, at ten o'clock. Uh, we're going to have an interview with a, a buddy of mine. His name is, is he goes by Karma Tinfoil Slayer. Uh, he's been doing things for a while uh, in this movement. He has a a different approach and a different thought to some things than I do, which is why I wanted to have him on uh, to educate myself and the other people. Uh, Karma, if you're out there listening, though, I do need you to uh, accept my Skype invite to get you on. It's Raz Radio 1 when you see it. Uh, so make sure you accept that up so I can dial you up at 10. Might I say, though, uh, I'm glad that uh, you're hosting this show because I'm getting drunk and enjoying it. (laughs) Well, that's a good thing. If I could just keep my nose from uh, driving me up a wall, I'd be very happy. That's for sure. So, um, Don Don Drigandy said you need a sniffle button, just so you know. (laughs) Yeah, I know. I saw that earlier. That was pretty I definitely need a sniffle button or something to... To I use my uh, my mute button on the microphone. You know, maybe back away from the microphone when you're sniffing in. You don't like me like up on it when I do. This. No, it makes like gurgling noises. <laughs> I bet if we just muted everything out and just kept playing that over and over, people would definitely you know not want to listen to that. So maybe maybe cut that out. Yeah. And any new listeners out there, uh, I appreciate you tuning in. You can join us in our chat box. I noticed uh, not a very active chat box tonight. No, so if, it's not. If you go to the main site, you'll see a little live chat there. Uh, you can log in. You don't need a password. Just put your name and enter in. And uh, join us in the chat room. Tell us what you want to hear some more of, what you don't want to hear from. Um, when Karma's on, that'll be a great way to be able to interact with us. And uh, I'm curious. Again, I'm, I'm really interested to talk with him because um, he uh, has... Uh, some different angles to do things, so it's going to be it's going to be a good conversation, I think. Although it usually always is. Um, how about HR seven four eight, Kevin? It would require all personnel in the United States eighteen to twenty four to perform national service. No, 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 and fuck no! I'm very against that. That's that's the the, the draft being rewritten. Well. <clears throat> I don't necessarily agree with that, and I, I think the draft would be good. Let's reinstate the draft because you'd see these wars end a lot quicker. This um, is for national service. You know, this is for uh, taking care of the country. You know, we, uh, if you recall, Obama stated during his candidacy, we cannot continue to rely on our military in order to achieve the nation's security objectives we've set. We've got... We've got to have a civilian national security force that's just as powerful and just as strong, just as well-funded. Now, I would look at this more as, let's say, Hitler's uh, brown shirts. The youth brown shirts. Yes, exactly. 
that would be the direction I would look at this more than I would reinstating the draft. Um, yeah, I get what you're saying about um, being similar to the draft, but uh, go ahead. It's forcing people to go into service when they don't necessarily want to serve. I got two boys, and neither one of them are military quality or government quality. They're good boys. They're they're you know they're smart. They're intellectual. But I want them to go to college. Or like my fifteen year old, who's not mine, but he he is. You know what I'm saying? Right. And when he was living with his real dad up in Wisconsin, they would sit around, play video games, and eat junk food. He moved down here. He lost twenty five pounds, and now he wants to go to culinary school because he watches me cook food fresh and do stuff nice and make people happy with food. So he wants to make a career out of that. I don't want his first six years as an adult to be serving the, the, the military or the government or the post office or whatever. Right. No, yeah, exactly. I, I feel you on that. Culinary school is great. Uh, I went to culinary school. I didn't do the whole thing um, because I had kids and I had to go to work. But uh, I did go to culinary school. And it was a lot of fun, and I know a lot of people that have advanced far, and uh, you've done well with it, and you can do very well with it. So, uh, yeah, absolutely, go for it. You're, you're no Bobby Flay, is what you're saying? What's that? Said so you're no Bobby Flay. No, well, no, actually, I'm a very good. See, culinary school, at least when I went, um, the basics are taught in the first semester. You learn your cutting skills, you learn your measurements, you learn the history of, of a lot of foods. Uh, and then after that first semester, it's more focused on table service and uh, management and different things like that. So I did right. the first section and learned my basic skills, and then I went out in the workforce, and I ended up being a manager by 21. Um, so, you know, it's it's not hard to move up in it, but that's... Uh, that's by here nor there. I, I suggest everybody try to keep their children from serving in the military if feasibly possible. Um, but again, it, you know they're kind of they're kind of forcing us into it. They're kind of forcing our children to have to to uh, jump into this military service and and be part of of it because it's really it's some of the only jobs out there for them. But it doesn't have to be that way, in my opinion. It needs to be. Uh, let's go back circa eight, nine, ten years ago, before the, the the housing collapse, where things were were awesome and the economy was booming. But was that because of the the banks writing bad paper, or was it because of uh, you know the economy was actually working? Economy will work, but they're trying to force us that government driven economy on us, where no one's going to make nothing. And by the way, you have a phone call coming in, bud. Yeah, I got him. I, I'm I'm working on it there. He's there. That's that's our guest, Karma Tinfold. Just sit tight there for a minute, bro, and uh, I'll get with you in a couple. Right before we go to break, we'll introduce you, and then we'll we'll move from there. Um, yeah, you don't you never know, Kevin. What's uh, what what is the plan? What it is they're doing? Um, you know, you see, I, I don't I didn't print this article, but there was a thing about eighty three billion dollars to the banks. Um, yet again, that that you know we're putting this money out. And they're mainly putting it towards bonuses for themselves. They're mainly using it uh, to advance themselves, and it's it's just it's sad. It's it's we're allowing it to happen still. Well, why do we have um, you know Iceland locking up bankers, and you'll see that that their economy is starting to recover. They've put the the bankers that were causing the same problems we've gone through. They're putting them in jail, and it's. Well, 
Dave talks about moving to Haiti or Tunisia or wherever. Honduras. <laughs> there we go. We got the Honduras. <laughs> it had to be mentioned at some point or another. I'd rather grab my kids and my, my aging mother and move to the, the, the Iceland or whatever the hell it is oh, and why? live a nice, good life. I'm sure they got Budweiser up there. Hey, I can make a living. Yeah, they probably got better beer than Budweiser up there. Not that I don't like Budweiser. I know you work for them, you know, I, but I drink Budweiser. Hey, support the old company uh, thing there is. You have to. It's okay. And don't forget, guys, if you want to check us out in the studio and see what we look like and see how we do this, um, you can go to our YouTube, uh, to my YouTube channel. It's uh, Sean Raz, and you can pull up the video feeds of the studio feed, um, get a picture of, of how we do this and what we look like. So we got ten minutes here. Let's uh, <clears throat> let me bring up uh, my buddy Karma. Karma, are you there, buddy? Uh, yeah. Can you hear me? There you are. How you doing, bud? Good. 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 I figure we'll uh, we'll do a quick introduction with you, and then we'll go into a break. I'll uh, do the break a little early, and then we'll come back and get into the interview. Okay. Sounds like a plan. All right. Cool. Uh, you and I have. Uh, been fo- I've been following you, and you know we've gone back and forth for a long time. You're kind of like Martin Truther with me. Um, we talked for a lot back in the early, you know, 2009, 2010, and then we kind of all went our, our ways. Um, and recently, we started communicating a little bit. So I wanted to bring you on because I know you're into um, some alter- alternative ways of of fixing the country, of, of alternative ways of moving forward. So I wanted to hear. Um, from you, how those work, because I've never really talked to somebody with those different views. Uh, so that's what I want to focus on when we come back from the break. Right now, I'd like you to kind of introduce yourself, uh, what it is that maybe you think brought me to come to you to ask you to join us on the show, and what, how you promote and, and your pages and stuff like that. I don't know really exactly what brought you to get me on this show. I'm guessing just the fact that I was kind of like back on the internet again and like posting stuff again because for like the last couple months I kind of took like a break so I could do some writing and uh, I think that uh, I don't know when I came back I kind of wanted to start saying something and I'd actually took someone up on their offer that they had had me come on a show before and then something happened where they weren't able to have me on and they weren't doing a show anymore and then two other people and you included asked me on and I was just like, oh, this is wonderful. Like, I don't know how this synchronicity all works but sometimes, but it, it's nice to see it. Yeah, that definitely is. And that, that is a big thing. That the perfect word you just used was synchronicity. Um, you know, sometimes things just fall into place, you know, and that's, it's neat that, and that's a big word that one of the show hosts I work with, uh, Scott Ledger from Dangerous Conversation, he's, uh, he he's talks about synchronicity a lot and how uh, how we all fall into this. Uh, weird pattern of all of a sudden just falling together. Uh, so I'm glad you I'm glad you've come back on the internet because yeah you did disappear for a while, um, and you have your your one web page, um, the tinfoil hat area. Yeah, caution tinfoil hat area. It's on a uh, talkshoe.com, or you can also go to like iTunes and download it from there. It's a podcast, and I've got a YouTube as well where uh, hack uh, how to hack the human brain is like a uh, a video series that I created, which is, uh, well, I, I guess the easiest way to explain it would be it's a, just a conglomerate of some of the best stuff that I think people really, like, need to know 
if they're kind of noobs at all this because I, I've been a noob and I'm just kind of want to like go through some of the basics as to what I, what I think really would help people the most. It's at least information that helped me and that's why I want to like re-spit it out there in another format saying, hey, hey, take a look at this stuff. There's not enough of it going around as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, and that's, a, that's actually really good because, you know, we fall... We fall out of the main stuff because there's so many new things we kind of forget about, um, you know, all those other things that, that really brought us into the game. Yeah, the basics. Yeah, we always have to go back to the basics. Uh, Karma, I'd like to also introduce you. I have my wife. She's one of my co-hosts. How you doing, buddy? Her, her name's Lexi. Good. How are you? Very good. And then uh, Kevin Harris is another... He's another host of his own show on my station, but uh, he's filling in for my normal co-host, so he's the other guy on the line there. How you doing? You know, <clears throat> I just thought about this, and you mentioned synchronicity when he did. Uh, does it occur um, odd to you that synchronicity was sung a song sung by a band called The Police? Just putting that out there. <laughs> <laughs> that is kind of odd, don't you think, Karma? Uh, possibly. I don't know. Uh, it's It's... It was definitely a good song, or the two songs, uh, I, I should say, because there was like Synchronicity Part 1 and 2 from that album, if I'm not mistaken, and uh, I, I think both songs really do really, um, uh, how do you explain it? Um, they focus a concept and they do spit it out very pretty in, in, in their lyrics, and uh, I, I definitely appreciated it, like the how they describe everything going on in life and another suburban family morning people trapped in boxes like lemmings and that that's our world today for sure yeah unfortunately it is uh all right so one last question before we go to a break here i need to know where the name came from <laughs> a long time ago i had an elf character in dungeons and dragons and that was named uh karma sunshine good vibes he uh like basically was a druid who who uh, spread various plants around the, the the gaming system that he was in and then um that kind of dissipated and changed and i i liked the the karma name still and and i threw on the tinfoil just to be like well, I want people to almost have to deal with the fact that I am coming from that point of view of um, it's no longer really a conspiracy theory, but it's it's right out there in the open. It's right in your face. I mean, ha how many people on the Ides of March, uh, like, they, they know what those words are and, and, and they know where that story comes from but yet um nobody says like conspiracy theories don't really exist when you talk about julius caesar right no i, I, see, I see what you mean and and that's like there, there's a major points in history where there are obvious conspiracies that have happened and there are other points in history where there's not so obvious ones and I, I really want people to have to like almost deal with that right away because otherwise I don't know how I can deal with them because it feels like they're not being true to themselves. They're not being true to history. They're, they're not being true people. They're, they're, they're faking a lifestyle. 
Mm. Yeah, we see a lot of people not really being what they are. <laughs> They're not being their true selves. And uh, that is a big problem. I guess really bringing people back to what you are, what, what you are as a human, what you are as, as the person you are, is a good way to really approach um, getting this information to them, I think. Yeah, and there's so many conspiracies that really exist that we don't really consider as a conspiracy, but yet it's right there, and it's like lying to children on a daily basis when it comes to things like uh, Christmas or the like Santa Claus and the Easter Bunny and the Tooth Fairy, and you don't really think about it. People are just like, oh, it's just a fun little game that we play with children, but it's... It's teaching them to believe lies. Yeah, it it creates a culture of make believe, and before you know it, we're um, it, it's not just Disney programming us, but it's like everywhere we turn, there's a different aspect of the Matrix, kind of trying to feed information to you and make you do its bidding and and work its culture. Nice way to put it. All right, let's uh, let's do a break so we can get a uh, get into the the depth of of really what it is. I want to learn from you because there's I got a specific thing I want to learn from you tonight. Um, so let's get to the breaks about uh, five, seven, about seven to eight minutes. Um, so sit tight, listen to the music. I'm going to bring you down so you don't uh, get interrupted or, or interrupting anything. Kevin, make sure you mute up over there, buddy. Always. And uh, this is my first day in radio. I, <laughs> I know it's not. It's just uh, I'm making sure. That's all. All right, guys, we're going to roll into the break here. Uh, when we come back, we will have our buddy Karma Timfoil Slayer. We'll get into the topic I have at hand uh, that I want to learn from him. After that, we'll uh, take some phone calls in the third hour, 941-421-0401. Also, join us in the chat box at RazRadioLive.com. Uh, you can just tell us what you're thinking there. All right, guys, we'll talk to you soon. I don't have to tell you things are bad. Everybody knows things are bad. It's a depression Everybody's out of work, or scared of losing their job. The dollar buys a nickel's worth. Banks are going bust. Shopkeepers keep a gun under the counter. Punks are running wild in the street. There's nobody anywhere who seems to know what to do, and there's no end to it. We know the air is unfit to breathe. Our food is unfit to eat. Sit watching our TV while some local newscaster tells us today we had 15 homicides and 63 violent crimes. As if that's the way it's supposed to be. We know things are bad. Worse than bad. bad. I don't want you to protest. I don't want you to ride. I don't want you to write to your congressman because I wouldn't know what to tell you to write. I don't know what to do about the depression and the inflation and the ruckings and the crime in the street. All I know is that first, you've got to get mad. You've got to say, I'm a human being. God damn it. My life has value. I'm a human being. My life has value. I'm a human being. God damn it. You know I'm mad as hell, and I'm not gonna take it Under this spell, but I managed to break it Through to the two, now I finally escaped it Take a hold of my fate, wanna claim it and shake it With no hesitation, move the foundation Like a tectonic play, I'm here to shake up the nation Awaken the sheep, will resurrect every people Unveil every truth 
truth and expose every evil. Another upheaval, revolution of the mind, evolution of the spirit, liberty for humankind. Giving sight to the blind, strength to the weak. Every time I speak, they want to see me six feet deep. But I don't give a fuck when it comes to past. Bury me face down so they can kiss my ass. In a world of glass, I'm the brick breaking the planet. planet, planet. I'm a human being, God damn it. I'm a human being, my life has value. I'm a human being, God damn it. Chemtrail geoengineering programs changing our weather and destroying our environment? Why in the world are they spraying? They want to create a storm in the southeast, then they'll start engineering out over the North Pacific. That's where the trailies will be. Find out why critics are calling Why in the World Are They Spraying? The most important film that is revolutionizing the environmental movement. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's just going to get worse until the point where we're not going to be able to grow anything at all unless it's a Monsanto genetically modified abiotic stress resistant seed. Why in the World Are They Spraying? New international version with languages available from around the world. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's all about money, and weather is another form of commoditizing, a way the central command group can commoditize another form of our life. Why in the world are they spraying? And if you control the weather, you're going to control the planet. It's that simple. 
Here's your one, honey. All right, guys. Here we go. Second hour of the first 52 here on Raz Radio Live. We're going to roll into the next next hour, and we're going to talk about some solutions. See what kind of solutions our buddy Karma has for us. We all know that you can't just talk about the problem. You have to have some answers to those problems. 
So uh, let's bring Karma back up here. You there, Karma? Yes, I am. Excellent. So, uh, like I said, like we said in the first uh, little segment there, uh, we met by Facebook. Um, you're actually from around my home area, um, which is kind of why I felt it was weird that we really connected. Uh, you hang out with some of the same people. As a matter of fact, the first show, I told Martin the same thing. The first show I ever really, other than Alex Jones, got involved with, called into, and listened to was uh, your friend Mike. Um, Mike Shane, um, um Shoot. Michael Sa- Mike Salvi? Mike Salvi, yes, yes, yes. Yeah, Mike Salvi's world. Yeah, it's a good show. He's got his little blog out there and stuff, and he's got a good perspective on thing he on on how things are going. And I don't know. I, I I like him a lot. And his whole Truth, Freedom, Prosperity group is also a very, uh, I think, uh, helpful and key element to the uh, community in Philadelphia that is uh, that considers itself like an activist community. Excellent. Yeah, he's uh, worked with some of the guys uh, that we've had on the show here in the past, some of the musicians, um, when they do their uh, and the Fed rallies and different things like that. Uh, Heist Click, uh, Frank yeah, Castle. Yeah, the, the, the one you had at the beginning of your show. Um, Adam Armstrong? Uh, no, I think it was... What was the... Was it the other one? Opening... Maybe? Oh, uh, Jordan Page. Thank you, Jordan Page. That's the name I was looking for. Yes, he, but like I've I've walked in the end of Fed rallies with him strumming on the back of their flatbed and stuff, and uh, I'm like walking along and ha- handing out information to people as well. And yeah, there's there was a couple hundred of us uh, at, at at a couple of those rallies. It's kind of fun. Yeah, those musicians are are, are amazing. Uh, they're really great people. Uh, I've had the the. Um I've been lucky enough to meet uh, Adam Armstrong, the whole Rebel Inc. band. I don't know if you've you've met them yet or not, um, or seen them or even listened to them. They are excellent. If you haven't heard Rebel Inc., that was the opening, the second opening song. Um, that's Rebel gotcha. Inc. I'll have to look into them. Yeah, they're really good. Uh, they'll actually be, are they going to the 420? Yeah, they're going up to the 420 event in, uh, where the hell is that? New York. Have you heard about the Freedom event they're having on 420 in, in New York? Uh, to be honest, like I said, I've been kind of out of the loop with things for the last couple months. Uh, I, I I haven't heard of many rallies or many things going on. There was even supposed to be like, uh, uh, fortunately, like the only people in this neighborhood that are really doing anything strongly with the Zeitgeist movement are the people out of Jersey, and they've got like a uh, a, a media event that's going on next month. That's a good segue because that's what that that's what I brought you here to to. Help me understand some more, um, and <clears throat> I've looked at it in, in different ways. And you know, there's always the everything has a negative connotation to it that somebody attaches to it. Um, so, and I can kind of see that some of the negatives that have been addressed or that I've seen about it, but I don't know much about it, and that's why I wanted to talk to you uh, because that is kind of the the zeitgeist. The T is a TVMP. 
Uh, well, yeah, it's it's TZM, the the Zeitgeist movement, but it's also TVP is the 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 Venus Project, and that's they're kind of two separate things, and one of them is the like an actual design plan, and that's the Venus Project, and that's like uh, it's, as far as I'm concerned, it's like how we can like eliminate poverty and create Star Trek uh, in in about a decade or two, and that's if we were actually you know willing to give up our greed as a species and that's the real issue okay uh so so you more follow along the lines of the zeitgeist ideas then it's definitely the mindset or the ideas that i i'm trying to get across to people yes that uh well no matter how much you greenwash capitalism um it's just not as infinite a paradigm as a growth paradigm as they as everybody talks about it supposedly being and it it will collapse eventually uh through either its own failings with the federal reserve or uh worse uh our actual failing environment and uh, that's basically like the tragedy of the commons where like if you've got like 50 people that are like around a lake and they throw their line in, to, they could wind up fishing out the whole lake if they're not careful. Right. And none of them meant to do it. But, you know, we also have these giant trawlers that just shave the sea floors and dump out all sorts of stuff out of the back of it and have seagulls flying around it trying to grab pieces of what's fallen over and been cut up that's not going into our tuna fish cans. <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, we, we definitely have to admit that as, uh, as technology advances on, um, we find that we start, what is it, greed. We get greedy. We want more. Companies want to make more money. They've got to figure out more to pro- the, uh, a way to produce more product, how to catch more fish, how to... Um, you know, make more candy, whatever the product be, they always have to step it up, and, and things tend to suffer when that happens. So, how would um, something like the Zeitgeist movement um, help eliminate that or help limit that? Well, one of my favorite suggestions I, I've always like had to deal with as I was growing up my grandparents saying that there's all these people on welfare and they're just lazy bums and they don't deserve all these food stamps they get and blah, 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 blah. And I I always, was a bit more compassionate than that. And, and, um, I, but I also don't like the whole like tax and spend liberal ideas either at the same time, because I don't really want to see a gun put in people's faces for taxes. There's kind of that like whole libertarian mindset I've got in my head there. But uh, of like, you know, the non-aggression principles and stuff like that. And um, just a lack of appreciation for authority and specifically uh, authority driven violence. And those sorts of things really um, are, are just breaking down a lot of social structures and we could instead of having um the rampant crime and people trying to steal for food and or uh like i said the food stamps that are given to people we could build automated 
off the grid in a very sustainable fashion, mm-hmm. vertical farms that could be, I, I, I mean, people joke that we're Babylon already, so we might as well get the gardens built, you know, and, and you build these giant vertical farms that are all automated and they just pump out food. And a, as this food is being given away, it then fixes that problem of the social responsibility towards people, and it kind of also would then stop the continuous funding of money into uh, a system that really just creates dependency anyway. Now, who's going to do these... It would stop both both issues. Who's going to do these vertical farms? Because my guess, in in my mind, as this would something like that would to move forward the first people to throw their you know hats in the in the ring to build these vertical farms are going to be monsanto or or uh, something along those lines because they have the the money and the ability to do that so now are we um asking the devil to try to save us not that's part of the issue that that like that we don't really want to get into anything that has to do with money if you like the the whole issue with it is to get away from money and its uh stranglehold on on how it controls society i mean it's bad enough you've got the whole if you don't work uh you don't eat paradigm going on that's mm-hmm. like enough of a threat that um it's not really socially conducive as far as I'm concerned. Um, but if you instead look at it as if, well, back during the 20s and such, there was this whole depression and there was all these people out of work, but yet there were all these factories just sitting there waiting to be used. And then all of a sudden, during the after like Pearl Harbor was bombed, all of a sudden we're out of this depression completely. And, and we're now into this war economy and there's all these loans out there and it's creating all this economic stimulus and all of a sudden people are back to work. And it's like the people were already there waiting to do their job and the resources were already there waiting to be cre- to start creating stuff and to keep that economic concept going and people fed and being able to have a mon- have the enough money to, to put food on the table and and that engine economic engine w- w- was going strong all of the sudden and it was all because they started making loans from the federal reserve into like the the government for uh the military industrial complex to pretty much be created and had we instead of well you can't really blame the past completely because they had their own issues of the time and we we now live in a very different communication age where we uh ignorance has now become a choice so we can now get a hold of most people can get a hold of this kind of information if they choose to reach out for it and that is yeah. you, you know we see that, that that scenario you just put down um is basically repeated constantly and we see that a lot kevin i know you got something you uh you wanted to throw in there so uh what's that well, it's what he was talking about with the uh the economy and war and things like that this is reaching back to my past and my father actually who ran a large machine shop and he the to put it into a nice little bundle, uh, touching on what he said, is that war creates jobs. When we go over to someplace and blow the living hell out of it, 
that that creates jobs because the Americans will go over and create jobs to rebuild that place and make it bigger again. And that's what helps fund our economy. And I didn't think about that until he just said that. And I just, it was on my mind, the tip of my tongue, and I want to throw that in there because it's, it's the war-driven economy of America, so to, so to speak. Yeah, war is a racket. Uh, it's a great speech. Great speech by Smedley Butler. Uh, war is a racket. You should look it up one time, or maybe we can play it in the third hour. Um, we'll see. But um, So we see the war profiteers doing what they did then. They've done it again recently. Uh, but we still haven't... Uh, how do we... I get what you mean. It shouldn't be based around money. Unfortunately, we've we've pigeonholed ourselves into this need of of the money and the need of of that's what most people look at. Um, so we have to actually change society in order for these ideas to work, don't we? It would help. Uh, I, I personally would love to see something like uh, if children in school were taught how to. Uh, learn basic survival skills so this way they could like you know if, if there were some sort of collapse they could survive in the welter wilderness um that that's like something that should be done in like grade school as far as i'm concerned if not like even kindergarten agreed uh that that's from there there's all these things that they've got out these days that like people are so worried about China becoming some economic powerhouse and blah, 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 blah. And, and they are, don't get me wrong. But when you look at the idea of, say, a 3D printer, these are things like a, you can go to makerbot.com or uh, rep, what, rep, rep.org. Uh, it's R-E-P-R-A-P. Uh, and, and those two places have really good ideas on cheap, low cost. You can make, build them yourself, DIY kits. And there's a lot of other different companies out there and websites that are suggesting these sorts of things. And eventually, you're going to be able to get from like the Pirate's Bay, uh, you can just download your, your, your toy or design of whatever you need, and it just will print it out you yes. like no more do you need to go to like toys r us and get your child a new toy they can just go and download the design and print it out themselves and these printer. these printers of these printers have come out under fire already because um first they produced a, a a gun that could fire i believe it was up to six shots before it was rendered useless and just this past week uh, it came out that they've gotten one that they can get up to 600 shots out of um, so, so these printers that you're speaking of have gotten a lot of attention. You're in my wheelhouse now. And, Go ahead, and that's exactly it. Like, th there's all sorts of things that you can do with these, these like weapons of mass creation, and <laughs> and instead we 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 do we we look at it in that direction instead. And it, you you put one of them in every home, and then make every home an Earthship. Now, I. I I don't know how much people know about this uh, this concept, but these Earthships out there are really amazing designed homes. A guy named uh, Michael Reynolds, he was in a movie, they did a documentary on him called Garbage Warrior. It's the easiest way to look it up. And uh, in the first couple minutes, he explains it all, how like this home he's created out of garbage, literally garbage, like he pounds dirt into, and sand, and, and mostly dirt into like a, a tire, and they use those tires as bricks, and that becomes the walls of your house. And so it's thicker and better insulated, and it 
picks up because of just how these things are made. Um, a bunch of heat from even the winter sun, and it at, during the nighttime when the temperature gets to a certain level, uh, it'll automatically bleed out of these tires and like it'll warm up the room. And they also then have. It sounds like uh, a really good natural. I, it makes me think of hot trash, though. I mean, has anything been mentioned <laughs> of the odor? <laughs> well, tires, I well, mean. They have. Go ahead. They have greenhouses on the front of them that are south facing so that you can. They, they have banana trees growing in their living room, like during the winter. With that's how good the heat works in there, but their well, their sewage system kind of goes through their living room in order to help feed their plants. Yeah. Wow. And, so they're living like they have it. They're living they like it old set style up in a way that it is sanitary. It's not like it's just like free flowing sewage that like like you. It's not like you take a dump somewhere and it goes right into your plants. It's there are filtry systems. <laughs> there's there's not a bridge. There's not a bridge over over a channel of uh, crap floating in the well, living I room. I wasn't really envisioning that, so, but you know, there's not a bit, just curious. Peel from the ceiling, nothing like that. It's all really good garbage, so to speak. I mean, it sounds like a great idea. It absolutely you know. does. Alexi, my wife, she's into the gardening. Um, she's into um, the the small houses, the build your owns, the transportable houses, things like that. Tumbleweed tidy homes is so cute. I just think you know reducing our footprint isn't a bad idea at this point. Not that I'm all a tree hugger, but you know there's <laughs> there's no need for ten thousand square foot homes. Let's be real here. It's a matter of building sustainably. You can build as large as you want as long as you do it sustainably. And this way, when you've got those sorts of key concepts put in there, including your, uh, like, depending on where you live and build one of these things, they will generally, if it's a windier place, you put in more um, wind windmills. If you uh, are a uh, in a sunnier place, obviously, you'll put in more uh solar panels and in that way you be able to have all the basic concepts that you really need to keep yourself fully sustained in this home like the people that the people that made the 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 biodome that failed they looked took one look at his designs and were like if they were to ever give us another grant so that we could try this again we would do it so much more like the way you made your homes like when they talked to the guy that designed these things, Michael Reynolds, and that that like that's that's what they were they saw these concepts and were like, this is what we are missing. And now, once they have these designs, and once they're in everybody's hands, like I said, if you make it so that children learn how to do three D printers and build their own sustainable homes, in a generation or two. It'll change everything, and that would definitely be a way to. Uh, well, and it's good good ideas, and it's a way to get us away from the control that we're under right now. The problem is, is obviously they're fighting back. Um, we don't really own our property because we have a property tax that we have to pay on it. So, what are the ways that we can, you know, how do we eliminate some of the hampering things, some of the things that make it hard to do these? 
Well, that's really difficult, as they mentioned, even in the film, uh, the documentary they did with him. Like at one point, they uh, he didn't have any roads going out to there. He didn't have any power lines going out to there. They didn't need them. <laughs> pretty much flat desert where they were at and and they the homes were made in such a way that everything was taken care of in decentralized fashion so that they didn't need the the centralized government to put power lines out there but yet they still forced them to get all that stuff put in and so on and so forth they 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 messed with him a lot they didn't even they even took away his like uh, his architecture license and he had to call it uh, call these. If you look up on the the site, uh, they it's Earthship Biotecture. They they call them. But yet he was also given a whole bunch of money by the UN to go down to Haiti after the earthquakes and teach a whole bunch of people there how to create their own little version of it that is not exactly the the full version that they have here in America. That's like your typical home. But they had a smaller version that was still something that worked for them that would help them. They, they took those ideas and taught right. them to a bunch of people. And then they, those people then were supposed to take it to all of the people that they know. And they could use it. They could literally use all the trash from around them to rebuild their society in, in a more sustainable fashion. Nice. Anybody interested in seeing this movie? Uh Garbage Warrior. Uh, Skin Biscuits, one of our good followers, he uh, tweeted it out. I retweeted it. You can get it at Sean Raz. Uh, he got the full documentary on YouTube up there. So if you want to check out uh, Garbage Warrior with, it was uh, Michael Reynolds, right? Correct. Okay, yeah. We got it up there on Twitter for everybody, and uh, I'll get it on my Facebook for you later on, uh, anybody listening who would like to check it out. I'll definitely give that video a watch because I'm interested um, in the idea, and it's it's... It almost sounds like something that we all need to learn and, and think about before the bad happens because that kind of sounds like the way we're going to have to recover from the inevitable. And it's really the only way that idea could work is with the inevitable, uh, you know, the crashing of our economy and, and a complete destruction of the way we know life right now. Yep. Because, like I said, no matter how much you greenwash capitalism it's just not sustainable and if you don't think sustainably eventually you're going to run out of resources one way or another so if we're not following a cap okay so let's let's uh let's do a scenario here okay we've we've hit this crash we've we've used the intelligence to to uh to rebuild that that we're going to learn from this movie and from from different ideas that are along this this thought pattern so we start rebuilding, and I've had this argument with Popeye from federaljack.com. Um, I've had this argument with Bob Tuscan, not argument, but discussion. Um, you know, right now our society is based on a certain governmental rule. Um, we can't just let it, we, we can't just make it go away tomorrow. You know, government is just not going to go away tomorrow. Um, so how do we work our way out of having a strong powerful government to maybe not having any government because I know that's that's their end goal um, and I'm sure yours is the same or, or do you ha- is there still some kind of hierarchy in the theory behind where we're going here oh no like the ideas that are put forward by both the Zeitgeist movement and the Venus Project are specifically 
uh, anti-authoritarian in every capacity. They don't want to have anyone above anyone else or having any sort of authority over anyone else. So how, how does society um, how does society function then in, in that? And, and I'm just playing devil's advocate. I'm not uh, totally no, against sure. the I, idea, I but how does society function then in that ty- type of situation? Well, again, if you have things like the vertical farms to just give out uh, food to everyone, uh, it changes a it changes the paradigm almost instantly, and and that's why I would suggest that like the first direction we could go would be to start building those mega gardens and just giving away the food. Um, however, further there there are other production methods like you can expand and scale out the 3D printing concepts as well to the point that you're literally printing out homes by giant robots essentially and and these they have designed ideas for these already but in essence where you have the initial basic designs of the earthship on the one side it's very decentralized you can go a very centralized fashion and kind of flower that out and create entire city designs uh, along those lines where you have an industrial area that just creates stuff when people want something they just go to a a civic uh, production facility and they just ask for for the item if it's something that's already available uh it's in a giant shared pool like they have these car share things where people pay just a little bit of money to go and like borrow these cars and it, it, almost like a library of sorts and and everybody would have access to everybody's stuff essentially and and that would be one possible way to do it but again you have to give up the idea of uh personal property and I think that's the reason why a lot of, like, say, the Native Americans were just destroyed as a, a race and, and genocide was created against them, is to get rid of the idea that they have when it comes to inheritance. And that's that, that there, there is no such thing as an inheritance from our, 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 our parents and such. We, we actually borrow uh, the earth from our children and our grandchildren and if we don't look at it in that fashion and leave a better world each and every generation then it will it'll just rip itself apart i mean that that's where you wind up coming along the lines of like the the bill hicks jokes where we're just a virus with shoes and it doesn't matter how much how great our space program is that we're still just a virus with shoes if we wind up exponentially expanding to that level and don't use our simple education concepts that like say Japan when they before Fukushima and stuff they were having a continual birth rate decline because their whole society was educated enough to know uh, like the, the women specifically were educated enough to understand various birth control techniques and because of that knowledge their population went down and if we were to have a uh, 
one of the issues is that people are afraid that if we have all these gardens and they just dropped everywhere and all these poverty stricken areas, you'll have twice as many people in another generation or so. And then you have all these extra people to feed. And that's part of the issue as well. There, there are no, um, population control such as destroying people or culling people that stuff isn't even thought of in the process it is entirely humanitarian based where it comes to a scientifically minded concept of we need to live in a balanced equilibrium with the rest of the world around us and if we don't well no matter what it, it, no matter what anybody wants yeah. to say out there a lot of people say oh you know we're our population is exploding. Uh, actually, it, it, the numbers... It has. Like, there's, like, 7, mil- 7 billion people on the planet. There's, like, a century ago, there was, like, only, like, 2.5 billion. Well, of course, the population is going to increase, but, but we are actually entering a decline period. I mean, right now in our country, our birth rate's, like, 1.6 or 1.7% for every couple, or 1.6%, uh, 1.6 children for every two people. Um, so that's not replacing just those two people, um, just like you just said with the same thing in, in China. Um, you know, they have a one-child policy. If you have a one-child policy, um, you're not replacing. You're not replacing what's already there. So that's that's another issue that I would have because you know you were. I want to step back because you went a little forward. I see you, Kev. Um, you went a little forward, so I want to step back here and, and review what we just talked about because uh, I'm I'm a pretty strong libertarian. Uh, I was a Republican, and I don't even like the label myself, but unfortunately, so people can understand who we are, where our basic thought pattern is, we have to put that label there. Um, so when you made the, the statement of um, you, you don't have any private property, nothing is yours, um, I want to address that, and I'm guessing if I know Kevin well enough, uh, more than likely that's what tagged him also, because I know you're waving in the camera. Uh Karma, that's also the other thing I want to let you know. I saw you turn your camera on. Right now, I only have one camera, and I'm working off three computers, so I have it on the, the one we're actually streaming on the Internet. Um, so that's why I can't see you or you can't see me. Um, but, Kevin, go ahead with what what you were thinking. Well, I mean, a lot of the points he makes are good. You know, we can if we can do this and we can, you know, live in a, a humble society where everyone's happy and flowers i'm not trying to down uh him at all but how do you make it happen i mean how do we go from the society we're living in now to a society where everyone is living with their gardens and teaching their kids and all this like i said before before he came on actually is that i didn't think about this until i met your little scrawny (laughs) (laughs) half-breed it's you know i mean how do you wake people up to the reality that you want or that we should live as a happy society without the government controlling every move, from flu shots to immunizing kids and things of that sort. How do you make the move to wake people up to where they can do this and they can be a f- nice, free society where the government isn't controlling every move, so to speak? Uh, can I step in on this? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah go ahead, I... You know, you you start to look at how we all got to this situation in the first place. There was a lot of ignorance involved and set in place where we put put our trust in higher-ups to make decisions for us and sort of threw our hands up in the air and went about our day. 
we have to start paying attention. We have to start talking about it and influencing our neighbors and our friends. It's not going to get done unless we all start talking about it and living that lifestyle and walking the walk. And it's it's going to be a long process. It's, it won't happen overnight. It won't happen next year. But you have to go step by step. If it's something that appeals to you, you can make those changes in your own life. And if the people around you don't want to do it, then they won't. But I can guarantee you once you start living that lifestyle, people around you will want to live that way. Well, let me take my, uh, my ex-wife who's actually listening right now. Good person. But she's so busy with her job and her child and her career and school that they don't have time to pay attention to things like this. They don't have time to, uh, to you know, I guess not really give a shit, but a- to actually focus on what's important in life because they're trying to further themselves and make sure their life is good because that's the way it's structured. We do with people like that. No, no, that's, you know, we have very busy lives, too, and we're still living the daily grind. We work hard. We have a child that's in school. We pay bills. It's tough. Uh, There was a point where I worked and went to school, and he worked two jobs, and we were pregnant and moving from one place, to, and it was crazy. And that's when he got thrown into this, when he had the least amount of time available to him. You have to make the time there is a point where you can make a time time for this and to to put yourself into it. It's it's not that it's not feasible, but you have to want to live that way. You right. have to make a conscious decision to make changes in your own life. We just threw a whole bunch of karma, so let's uh, let's let him uh, answer from point one to to point forty five. There, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> it's exactly how it felt. Yeah. Um, I don't have all of the answers on how exactly a transition would go. Part of the issue is the fact that we don't know what all of the resources on the planet are. So we ha- would have one of the first steps is to actually do an entire survey of the entire planet to see what's actually there. And then you have to start implanting that information into a computer system to try and figure out what's available, where it can go, and, how, and where to send things. Um, y- you'd have to start out on a local level talking about various permaculture ideas. I, I, would, uh, I would agree with that, that basic concept as your first um, direction that you'd want to start to head. Um, again, if there, there are people who don't want to have anything to do with a large mega... Uh, city and technological based and so on and so forth and they want to live more of a uh, an easier lifestyle and I understand that so uh, those people maybe could look into getting things like windmills in their backyard or uh, solar power on their roof anything they can do to help sustain themselves and get themselves off the grid would starve the beast itself, the, the matrix itself in, in its own capacity. Um, you can even start, if you can get one of those things on your roof, like a solar uh, cell, uh, depending on how much energy you get, like I know the, there's one guy that got one on his roof in Jersey, and it produces just enough for himself in his home, and then he puts a little bit, he gets a little bit, he that even sells onto the grid, and gets money for it from the electric company, and uh, it, 
in theory, depending on the size of your home and stuff and how much you pay for taxes a year, if you could get enough of that energy into that, that would really pay for that issue. However, I don't know how to force anyone to do anything, and it's the the whole money structure uh, is there now, and we could use it to create this sort of paradigm. I mean, it, it sounds absurd because I know that's not gonna that like Ben Bernanke isn't gonna just write everyone a hundred thousand dollar check, <laughs> but if he did, if he did, we could all buy ourselves into a sustainable home and make it exactly what we need to, to so that when the economy did crash from everybody getting a hundred thousand dollar check, um, it wouldn't matter. It really wouldn't. The economy could crash around us and we are still self-sustaining all of a sudden and it doesn't matter anymore. Right. And that, so that's, that's one way we could go about it is that like, um, they're, they're wasting all this money anyway, printing it out and giving it all to all these banks and, and so on and so forth. Why can't they bail the rest of us out in well, that capacity? That was my argument. You know, that, that was my argument back during the, uh, during the whole bailout argument. This was before I really was, you know, awake and aware to this. I was just a Republican and I think it was actually the beginning of my understanding that there was something wrong. Because they were talking about spending all this money and giving all this money to banks so that they could, uh, you know, uh, try to prevent um, home foreclosures and all this bullshit that they were putting out there. And uh, if they would have just did exactly what you said, cut every taxpaying citizen a $150,000 check, it would have been the same amount of money spent out. But we would have actually stimulated the economy. We would have actually bought things. We would have actually put that money back into the system um, that needed to be fixed at that time. And it would have helped us all grow ahead and prepare for, for like you're saying. Of course, that's in theory. Because the problem we live in is that we have a societal issue also. This isn't just a banking or a, a military-industrial complex issue. We have a societal issue going on. Uh, we see it with the mobs up in Chicago. Um, we see it with the violence. I grew up in South Jersey. Um, I remember, I remember when when they burnt Camden down on uh, Mischief Night. You know, back in uh, God, what year was that? Early late eighties, early nineties. Um, you know, I grew up there. I saw that happen. I didn't grow up in Camden, but I not very far outside of Camden. And uh, it's a societal issue that we. You know, those of us that are aware and and follow these things know um, it was planned, it was developed, it was put in place, it was massaged, it was made to happen that way. Um, they pick these areas, they they force you into them, and then they make it horrible living conditions. Um, so that's another way I look at being able. To, like I live in a very rural area, so when we talk about the point is when we talk about. Um, inner cities and we talk about trying to get off the grid or people not doing it or, or not wanting to do it or not understanding how to do it it's how do we fix the societal issue we have I think a lot of the societal issues would go away almost 
automatically when you remove these sorts of problems. Um, Again, a lot of the libertarian-minded people I would like to talk to about these concepts have a lot of trouble getting their head wrapped around um, that whole concept of there not being any private property and so on and that scares them to death they think that they're that it's going to be like russia and they just or or china and they just have everything stolen from them and that's not the suggestion at all we're we're it's more a matter of you have right now 18.5 million empty foreclosed homes in the country of america and there's 3.5 million homeless people. That's 15 extra, 15 million extra homes just sitting around after you give one to each of these people and get them off the streets. I mean, there's 4,000 people just in Philadelphia where, where I grew up that, like, I didn't know about it until Occupy. I went down there and I saw a nice big banner that said there's 4,400 homeless people in Philly. And I'm like, that's the dumbest thing I've ever heard. There's probably 15,000 empty homes in the city. Right. Yeah. And, and that is a, uh, it's an issue in itself because a lot of the people, not all of them, but I'm sure some of those people that are homeless out there lost their home in that whole thing. And that's why they ended up homeless. I'm sure there's some that have been homeless for a long time. Uh, Kevin, uh, you want to throw in there? I'm just sitting here chewing at the bit. You know, um, I I agree with them to a point, and um, I'm not being a dick or anything like that. But, but that's you know, the those, second time you've I, had to say that. <laughs> well, you know what? I don't want to offend our caller because I, I respect his opinion, and everyone has an opinion, and that's what this show is about is opinions. But, you know, I've lost a home in the past, and that's because of my own foolishness, my own ignorance. But... And recently, from 2007 until now, people have lost homes because of the bankers and the, the buyouts and things like that. But how many of them are, have lost their homes because they're, you know, actual dirtbags or people that don't want to pay their bills or they want to live off the government? People like that. Are, you know, I, I work my ass off in a full-time job and I do my part-time stuff out of here just to pay for this house. And I don't mind, like he said in Philadelphia, there's 4,000 homes that people could live in. But, you know, it's the, the whole job thing is what I'm getting at. It's, I'm, I'm, I'm a little stirred up, so don't mind that's me. A, but that's a question that's kind of question. out there is how do you gauge what's right and what's wrong, you know, for houses and for people living in them? Go ahead, Karma. I don't really know what to say other than I, then it's, I, I I don't have all the answers. I'm sorry. At this point, I it it to to get you guys asked how do we get from point A to point B? Like how do we like uh, for me it's Star Trek or bust, and and like the only way that we deserve the right to the keys to the warp drive is um, through ending poverty. Okay and. And once everybody on the planet's taken care of, then we can kind of do, do our thing off uh, off world and stuff. And and uh, the easiest and quickest way to take care of everyone is to just use what we've already got available and just start doing it and and making things uh, much more local in in production than the way they are. Like there should be no reason if if they can 
grow bananas in the desert uh, during the winter, uh, there's no reason we can't do those things in a city and, again, still give this type of things out. I, I don't really mind if there's some sort of um, libertarian money organized society thing once people's basic needs are taken care of. Like, I believe that people... Uh, we, we could create a, a, another Garden of Eden through this technology and we're instead bickering over the resources that we've got and, and I don't know I, I feel like I just watched um, Ferris Bueller's Day Off the other day and there was that moment where his sister is in the police station and she, uh, Charlie Sheen is saying that the problem is you and it's the fact that like you care about your house and how much you, you said that you lost this house because of your own foolishness and there are these other people that are uh, making these mistakes and uh, I'm not saying that that's not true there, there may be a lot of idiots out there but there's also a lot of societal systemic pressures that are not addressed when it comes to people um, like there, there you're right there are screw-ups out there and I don't know exactly what to do with all of them um, however there's people like me who are who, who could be considered just that much of a screw-up you know I, I've had to go and uh, get free food from charities before because I haven't been able to, it was either like I had to make sure the rent was paid first, you know, and it's not like I go there every day, but I, I know where to get those sorts of things. If I ever come to that end, let's see the perfect and, point you said there. Wait, Karma, the perfect point you made there is you went to charities. You're not on the government dole. Um, you know, and I'm not putting that down because my other co-host, he's on food stamps. He's got an Obama phone. We make fun of him all the time about it because he is a he's a volunteerist. I wish he was here with you. Um, when I booked you, I didn't realize he wasn't going to be here. Volunteerist, hard up on the welfare system. Yeah, I mean, so. <laughs> it, it, Hold on now. Go ahead, Kev. I'm not one to defend Dave, but Dave worked his ass off for 25 years, and he became injured. And that's what the programs are for, so people like him who did bust their ass running big companies, trying to make the world work, trying to make things work for him, and he became disabled. And now that, so them programs are there for people just like and him. And I, dude, Not I agree with that fully, but he likes to argue about that all damn day long. I, I totally agree. That's what it should be there for. But it is abu it's but an abuse system. There is flaws in it, for sure. They abuse the system so they can get by for free. My, the, my baby's mama, who I despise is living off the system now because she can and that bitch has not worked a day in her life because she can suck off the government teat and that pisses me off is well, this I'm the one sorry. that's listening right now <laughs> <laughs> no no my my ex-wife and me we didn't get we're both a-type personalities and it just i, I love her daily she's a great person but it just we just didn't work because it's like two kings in a castle and it just you know it's that that's the way it was and we get along great me and her do no, my baby's mama's a different story altogether. Trust mm -hmm. me, she's ghetto trash. Well, and that's that's the point. You know, we're 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 looking but at here. Go ahead, Karn. You're angry because you're angry because she's getting quote unquote getting away with something, and that's just like 
the sister in Ferris Bueller's Day Off, like he was getting away with something and she wasn't. Well, you know, uh, maybe if it if society wasn't built the way it was, maybe she might have had a better education and maybe not wanted to not had been conditioned into becoming the person that you think that she has become. Maybe she would have had a different other chances in order to go and do something else. I mean, that our our whole system is geared towards that personal private property and like nine tenths of the law uh, of the law is has to do with property. And well, nine tenths of the crime also has to do with the, that sort of money stuff and, and, and property and so on and so forth. And, and like you always have your crimes of passion, I'm sure in life. Uh, and, and, and it's not going to be a hundred percent, but like, when you create a system of abundance that everyone can draw from and not feel as if they're being um, looked down upon, uh, it, it would create a much different level of respect in society because like, we have the technological capacity to do what I'm talking about. I mean, the, even the charities that I've received kind of exemplifies what I'm, what I'm going on here about. Um, Costco gives food to those, to the, to gave, I, I'd heard when I'd gone in there once that, oh yeah, go ahead, take extra. The Costco will be dropping off more later on today. And I was just, when I heard those words, I was just like, okay, that's really funny. So that means like, We've produced, we've gotten production levels so high that even places like Costco that sell a lot of stuff, and so they buy a lot of stuff to sell a lot of stuff, they can't sell enough of it fast enough because people don't have the money to buy it, and so it goes to waste and then goes to people who can't buy it anyway. So it kind of proves the whole production capacity that we actually have as a society, but don't do could, we could like have a free production society for everyone, not just those on welfare or those looking for charity needing charity handouts. And if everyone was taken care of on that level by just expanding the processes that we already have, I mean, people in the military, they don't pay for anything. They just have their food available because we've got giant supercomputers at the Pentagon that make sure that all the resources move around the, the world. It, and and it goes from one place to another, and it makes sure it gets there on time and stuff like that, or else the, there's bureaucracy that upsets different generals and so on and so forth because they didn't get their stuff and and their their troops aren't being taken care of. Well, it it should be the same exact way for every single person. Well, keep in mind though, um, there's money involved in all that, and Costco isn't just doing that out of the goodness of their own heart. Um, they're going to get a nice little tax write off from doing that. So there's still money that, that's driving that. Um, so that, that's where I still have, and, and, and this is not an issue with, with what you're saying. It's an issue with how it works because, you know, Costco is probably making a couple billion dollars a year or a couple million dollars, whatever it be, off of doing that. So they're getting their, their tax breaks by, by, by going through that means. doesn't mean they're bad for doing it, but they're not just doing it out of the goodness of their heart because they want to either. You know what I mean? I understand, and I, I don't have a, an issue with that. But at the same time, like we were talking about earlier, when it comes to like that came to the production capacity that when we had when we were during the twenties and thirties when there was a depression, and then all of a sudden there are all these 
there's this whole new economy that just started and everybody was prosperous all of a sudden again. It was because they created a bunch of money out of thin air. And if we create money out of thin air, then all this stuff needs to the, the, the energy, the energized economy that we had back then, if we altered it towards a sustainable concept, it would kill profits on every level because we would make things to last longer, last forever if possible. Right. And then you don't need to buy another one once one's made or if you could just build one out of your own 3D printer at home. I mean, that's going to, again, in another decade, cripple a lot of the economy in ways that people... Uh, like you're not going to need to go to a dollar store to buy hooks or make hangers for for your clothes. Some clothes you'll even be able to start printing out all on your own. You'll be able to design your own clothes and just print them out using this these technologies. And it it's coming up quick. Like they they've got really cheap ones out there, and you can for like eight hundred bucks you could probably make the MakerBot ones. Uh, it it, it that rate, that type of technological abundance that it's going to create, I, I think, will eventually overcome capitalism on every level. Uh, assuming we actually get this this thing rolling and we don't wind up having another economic collapse. And you know what? You know what entertains me about this whole thought of this printer thing because I, I like the idea I think it's a great idea you know we can manufacture our own things in our own house but it's almost like um, we had to be dumbed down because if you really think about it all we're doing is going back to what we used to do with our hands you know we used to make our own clothes right. we used to make our own weapons we used to make our own houses we used to make our uh, grow our own food we used to do all this stuff ourselves, and then we got dependent on it and now we're we're going to relearn it, but we have to use technology to relearn something that we've done for thousands of years. Well, we have to relearn it so we can teach it to the robots. <laughs> and see, that's a scary <laughs> thought in itself to me. Uh, listen, Karma, we've we've gone an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, I appreciate you coming on. Let's get um, and we've got a lot more to talk about. So I do want to have you on again. I want to have you on with uh, Dave one night. I think that'd be good conversation. Oh man, yeah, that'd be very interesting. <laughs> Um, promote where people can go find you, your Facebook. I don't know if you do Twitter or not, where your website is. Um, you know, are you thinking about doing a show? I know I've already offered out to you if you do where you can do it at. So put some of that information out about you. Uh, karma, the Jedi 1701 is my YouTube user name. I think you can probably just look it up still with like karma tinfoil though, is the, I think the name of the actual it was karma page the on, Jedi. on YouTube. Yeah. Karma, the Jedi 1701. It's, I know it's like, it's, it's like the president, <laughs> what he just did this wow. week with the, the Jedi mind meld thing. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm blending the genres. <laughs> getting people ready for J.J. Abrams to uh, to take over for Disney and, and do episode seven. <laughs> and where else here? Uh, your Facebook, you want to share that out? Yeah, it's the, the name's Karma Troll Slayer Tinfoil. Uh, I, I, I would, again, recommend people look up uh, either on TalkShoe.com or iTunes, the 
caution tinfoil hat area uh, podcast I've done before there even though it's like a couple years that I've been doing it that, and I, I stopped at this point there's still a lot of information for people who have uh, just gotten started um, like I've always wished that there was like a really easy handy dandy reference guide uh, to, to those for those that are just getting started and becoming an activist and stuff and I felt like since that was missing I kind of started to create one of my own and that would be the the whole how to hack the human brain series that's on uh, YouTube okay excellent uh, the last thing I'd like to ask of you is um, if you don't mind I like to when I have guests on I like to get a little drop uh, basically hey this is Karma Karma Tim Foil Slayer you're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio Live and anything else you might want to throw in there uh, if, if you don't mind Uh, this is Karma Troll Slayer Tinfoil on Raz Radio Live at the first 52. Thanks for having me on the show. I hope everybody, I don't know, in, I, I'm sorry, I guess I messed that one up towards the end there. Maybe, <laughs> can you edit around that? Oh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Listen, I appreciate you being on board with us. It's uh, been a good conversation. I think we definitely need to uh, to have some more. Um, so we'll have you back another Saturday and, uh, we'll get a little deeper into things and, uh, hopefully I won't, I, I'm, I'm, I'm having an allergy thing tonight. So that's why I sound horrible just so you know. <laughs> Thank you for giving me another opportunity to get my voice out there. It's, uh, been nice just to be able to kind of come out of retirement for like a week and then, uh, go, I'll probably be going back to writing next week anyway, since I've. Uh, been working on this for a while now, last couple months, and I, I have a whole new rewrite to, to do at this point, thanks to the Pope stepping down. <laughs> <laughs> That's a whole other thing we haven't even touched yet. Oh, my goodness. Changes the whole story I'm doing. Like, oh. it's like the whole first six chapters I have to reorder and put, like, chapter five up in chapter one because of <laughs> stepping down. Yeah, it's uh, pretty messed up, that whole situation. All right, Karma, we're going to let you go. Thanks very much for joining us here at the First 52. And anytime you got something to say, you reach out to me. Uh, if you need a place to publish at, let me know. And uh, stay in touch. Thank you for having me on. I really appreciate it. All right, bro. Have a great night. Have a good night. And there goes Tart Karma. Kevin, we're having a walkover issue with you for some reason tonight. I don't know why. I have no idea. I... You know, I, I appreciate Karma's opinions and his views, and that's what this show is about, actually, is views and opinions, and you don't have to agree with them. And No, it's the 80-20 rule, and you know, a lot of the ideas that we have and a lot of the ideas that, that he has can be mixed together to make one grand idea. You know, maybe we have to eliminate some of this thought, and we have to eliminate some of that thought, but we can always, if we can just agree to communicate and agree to talk about it, we can get... We can move along. We can get or to somewhere. Or we could try to live in harmony, agreeing that we have a difference of opinion, but whatever. You have no idea the text I've been getting during this show. So it's, uh, <laughs> <laughs> it's um, you know, it's, I, I, I guess it's about opening your mind. Like, when I first moved to Arizona, I lived in a garage, literally, with my child. And just to get a job, I was on the public uh, welfare thing with Jigger for about a month and a half. But I pulled myself up, and now look where I'm at because I wanted to work. Right, exactly. And I, in my opinion, it boils down to work ethic and people getting their lazy asses off. 
you know, the, the government teat, so to speak, as I've said. Off and I just, teat. you know, people like Dave being, of course, not included because, you know, he worked and he does his stuff. And but he that's will. the thing is providing a system where the people that are able to pull their own weight can also recognize those that can't necessarily do that, that can still contribute in other ways, but maybe not so much as a worker bee. You know what I mean? Right. And everybody living together in that sort of society without going, fuck welfare and this isn't right. working. You can't please everybody. So how do you create a system where everyone's happy? I guarantee someone, let's take Dave for example, that he will, when he's able to, get up and just knock the boots off of some kind of job or business of his own or something. Yeah, he'll make something out of something because that's the kind of guy he is. It's the, the lazy fuckers in this world that I can't stand. Exactly. All right, let's take a break here. It's uh, it's about that time. I'm sure everybody's doing the pee-pee dance on the other end of the uh, radio here. Nope, just you, chipmunk bladder. <laughs> easy, easy. So let's uh, we're gonna roll it out here into a break. I want to thank Karma there for joining us. Uh, a very interesting conversation. Like I said, we're going to have him back again. We'll uh, talk some more with him, prod a little bit, uh, see what else we can learn. We're going to open up the phones, 941-421-0401, if you want to call in in the next hour. Join us in the chat room. And, uh, you know, we're going to just keep on talking about the things that are going on in the world. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio Live. Kidnapped, abducted falsely imprisoned, tortured, and threatened with further torture without charge, without trial. Even many soldiers had said to me afterwards, was it hell, if you weren't a terrorist when you came in here, by the time you leave, I'm sure you would be because of the way you've been treated. Let us never tolerate outrageous conspiracy theories concerning the attacks of September the 11th. Malicious lies that attempt to shift the blame away from the terrorists themselves, away from the guilty. People are always asking me, yo Gemini, what's your angle? Are you a devil or an angel? And I say both, as I continue to blame the Knights Templar and the Hospitallers. The real reason New York lost their towers. Don't sit back or hesitate to react to the impact. Many taking a nap. In fact, they would fake an attack to make way for the Patriot Act. Some say, hey, it ain't safe to say that, but it's the same game. Different name on the map as they place blame. And they aim at Iraq. It's a damn shame because they never claimed the hijack. Following the fiddle, one with a bound hero. The town hero responsible for ground zero. Objects in the mirror close and they appear so clear. Your ear to hear the sound of fear grow. Beware the eagle, the dragon, and the ego. And footage that they show that we are forced to see slow. Persecuted and disputed because of the wean. All the strings that control these kings come from below. Observe the nerve of this dark heart government. Thinking they can devoid a spark with another myth. Walk right up, take the ark of the covenant. The cards have been pulled by the shark. And I'm loving it. Look hard, and you will find seven. Head to the beast behind 9-11. Wrapped in filing and... Even John Lennon couldn't imagine this modern day Armageddon. We've been ambushed, pushed to the edge. Persecuted because we disputed to know the ledge. Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning. Never trust the bush unless it's burning. We've all been ambushed, pushed to the edge. Persecuted because we disputed to know the ledge. Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning. Never trust the bush unless it's burning. There is a chance for the President of the United States to use this disaster to carry out what 
about his father, a phrase his father used, I think, only once, and hasn't been used since, and that is a new world order. From junior to senior to grapple, Prescott to the Nazi mouse house in the center of Epcot. Let's not forget the messed up mascot. Skull and bones digging up Geronimo's rest spot. These fallen thorns are not alone in their upset plot. These dark gnomes are part of one, so I take my best shot. With the heart of stones, they are prone to never get caught. Is there a cool phone details and emails on your desktop? Many be growing up gaudy like Mayor Giuliani. Practicing karate with the Illuminati. I taught the Kimosabi who's quick to kill somebody. For the love of mud, honey, or a little blood, honey. I don't find these thugs funny. They sell drugs to bugs funny. Not that it's any of my business that I'm his adapty ducks funny. Just hide it when they laugh. Me and what my dreadlocks done when they kill tiny children, left many building blocks bloody. The square and the compass and the almanac. Are you aware that they're amongst us and it's all an act? Semyeza and his Ezlov now come crawling back. Drove to Bohemian Grove dressed all in black. A serpent king worshipping a stone owl. The dragon Ronald Reagan ain't Colin Powell. Flipping scripture like Vanna White, showing a vowel. We have to plan to fight and never throw in the towel. We've been ambushed, pushed to the edge. Persecuted cause we disputed to know the ledge. Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning. Never trust the bush unless it's burning. We've all been ambushed, pushed to the edge. Persecuted cause we disputed to know the ledge. Pledge allegiance, not even if the world stops turning. Never trust the bush unless it's burning. Remember this, your government funded and trained Supreme Court's ruling that said that uh, we must conduct ourselves under the common article 3 of the Geneva Convention. And that common article 3 says that you know there will be no outrages upon human dignity. It's, 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 it's like it's very vague. What does that mean? This is Jordan Page. You're listening to the first 52 on Raz Radio. Come on, fuckos, let's go for a ride. <laughs> Keep them up all night. We in the research community I'm say this is a What's going on? Is it a larger staff murder? Mass murder. Mass murder general public for years. It's nothing new. Your rights are on the way out. You gotta be a solid the medics, reverence, and test on ya. Look above your head, see the chemtrails. Government, they let them rest on ya. They love to fuck with your brain, make it psychosomatic. They aim is to control your frame, just like you were addict. It doesn't matter what race, color, or creed, brother. I tell you, we're all in danger in poverty, brother. Just the other day, two little girls slaughtered. And I blame it on the new little world order. Crime is a business in the city. Confident the siren stop, it's a pity. A lot of jobs will get lost. We think the president's in control, but the mob is the boss. And I don't mean the Sicilians or them cats from Napoli. I'm talking about the reptilians. And their population control agenda's getting further. All they really trying to do is commit mass murder. Killers. Working on your kids. Working on your kids. The real gorillas. The real gorillas. Lurking in the mist. Lurking in the mist. Man, they're heartless. Man, they're heartless. They don't care. They don't care. Living the largest. Living the largest. They're everywhere. Suckers don't like Mr. Pays, AKAs. Fuck your favorite MC with his own mic. Don't you know I eat rhymes? Forget beefing on beats. I chop a body up and stuff it in the meat grinder. I'm grounded now. Don't tell me to flip. I get bananas in, buddy. I'll empty the clip. You're on fire. I spit gasoline at you. You didn't raise the bar star. You just a trampoline rapper. Your pussy don't wanna fuck. You a beauty pageant contestant crying. Cause you only one runner up. And you've done it so sleazily. Now I bet you gon' get on a record and say that you seeing me. But that's an awfully Bogus claim, unless you write for the Daily Planet And your whole name is Lois Lane But you a low-class, large-mouth, fast-brass burglar My job is murking you, cause you working for mass murder They the killers, they the killers Working on your kids, working on your kids The real gorillas, 
First 52 on Raz Radio Live. Again, I want to thank Karma for joining us. Uh, again, very, very good conversation. I enjoyed the whole time. I look forward to having them back again and other people that can share different ways of doing things with us because that's what all of this is part of. We have to learn to do things differently sometimes. Sometimes we aren't always right. And maybe somebody else can give you an idea or a thought or a direction that maybe you weren't thinking of before. It doesn't hurt to listen to other people and get their ideas. You know, it can lead you down a better path. It could really help you out. So I want to thank him again. And uh, like I said, we're going to open up the phone lines in the third hour, 941-421-0401, if you want to join the conversation. Kevin, how was your break? Uh, pretty good. I had talked to an anonymous caller, who I will not mention, but uh, they voiced their opinion of they thought he was um i'll use the word kooky but i also had to explain to them that it's about opinions like you just said and it's about voicing opinions the 80 20 rule like ledge always says and which i really like but it's i have a hard time explaining it it's um they the person on the phone that i talked to wanted you know this is how do you make it work and that's the biggest question on my mind as well is how do you make it work how do you make something like what he's talking about the utopia work 
with the government in control of everything that we do, when we, we fart and pee and eat and whatever, they're in control of our whole lives. How do we wrangle ourselves out of this, this stranglehold, if you will, into... I- I don't think the, he's envisioning the police state spectrum of it or or our government in general. The way it is functioning right now is not how it was intended to be functioning, but it nevertheless is. I think he views that also being different in order for this to work the way he envisions it. Well, that's the whole point, though, is, I mean... I would love for the, the, the flowers and the bumblebees and the butterflies to fly the around my The puppies and the rainbows. <laughs> you know, I, yeah. I would love that. But the reality of the situation is you have to take into account of what we're in. Well, How and that's, we that's, that's part of the problem is we've, we, and like we discussed, we've no, got societal I- issues and, and it, it's hard to envision what he's talking about or, or the thought pattern of, of the zeitgeist movement. Um, and it's, it's really, that's why I wanted to have him on. Cause I, it's one of those things I saw, but it was, you know, like, let me learn about nine 11. Let me learn about the banking cartel. Let me learn about false flag terror. Let me learn about vaccines. Let me learn about Monsanto. And, and I never really looked in the direction of, of that information. So that's why I wanted to have him on to, to, to help me try to understand it. It's, it's hard because, um, it does go against some of the core beliefs of a libertarian or uh, a Republican type person, or or even a, a lot of Democratic type people. Um, it's, yeah, it's not normal. People have to let go of their core beliefs and believe in what they can see, feel, touch, smell. You know, it's I had core beliefs two years ago before fucking Ledger got me thinking. And God bless him for it. But the whole point is. You know, once you dump those core beliefs and believe in what's true and what's good, can you only move forward and do, I guess, make changes? I don't know. It's it's not I'm, an easy I'm thing. I'm into a little uh, uh, anger thing right now, so I'm. Uh, <laughs> well, it, just as it, just as we got to where we are now, took place little by little. It would be a little by little process. And you can't worry about what everybody else is going to do and how we're going to get back to where we want to be because we all want to be in a different place. All you can do is change your own situation and look around you and try to influence those who are interested and whatever else happens, happens. I mean, you don't have a lot of control over it. And I think that's what makes everybody sad is because we'd like to wake up and think that we could actually make decisions that influence the world but the case is is that we can't so all you can really do is try to change yourself for the better and try to affect the people that you care about yeah then you know, that's... along those lines i have to say my co-worker who's a younger guy he's 22 and when sean comes on shannon's show i make sure to put it on speakers because sean you piss him off <laughs> but good he wants to listen to you because he wants to hear what you're saying so that goes along those same lines that He's like, I hate this guy, but what's he going to say next? A.K.A. Howard Stern. Right. And I believe he takes a little bit away from that. And that's, like you said, wakes somebody up. So I'm waking somebody up myself. Right. And that's all we can do. And, you know, what Karma was talking about is is not a bad, I mean, it would be lovely to get there. And he understands, I believe he understands that it's gonna, not going to be an easy process. You have to understand that because you can't just make this happen it's not going to just happen overnight um 
and that's my biggest thing with it. We just all need to, like I said, we need to work together. We need to, to communicate. We need to take everybody's ideas. And like Lexi said, you know, we don't have to live the way everybody wants us to live. We just have to leave everybody alone to live how they want to live. Yeah, totally. You know, and that's the big thing. Listen, I want to play this here real fast, so sit tight there, Kev. And uh, let's hear my favorite guy. Homeland Security Secretary says, of course, it will make us more vulnerable to <sighs> my terrorist least attack. John Kerry says, America's has a right to be stupid while churchmen demand on defense force in Iraq. Obama says, you can't do things by yourself while Western powers hand that sanction relief for Iran, a man sues hospital after wrong testicle move during cancer surgery. Come on, man. Protests break out in Afghanistan. IMF gets $391 million from Pakistan. Incorrect statistics found about attacks by the Taliban while Iranian nuke talks begin in Kazakhstan. Warren Hammers Bernanke for being and bank subsidies while DHS releases thousands of immigrants from jail blaming the budget cut. Senate votes in haggle nomination. Supreme Court throws out challenges of warrantless wiretappers of America's what? DHS to lease $10 million firearms facility as testimony begins in BP oil spill trial another violent election in Zimbabwe while the madness continues to go vile. Alabama City wants to power to disarm citizens during crisis but that's when it's needed. Logic fails the masses and it's old and got heated and with that I had no doubt but that's all time for World News in 6 seconds. <laughs> guy makes me laugh all the time. He sounds like me at midnight at a bar. Who the hell was that? <laughs> he's called I, Change uh... the Channel. He's uh, he's uh, he's an interesting fellow. He puts out a lot of different videos. Um, that was the short, the world news in 60 seconds. The idea of oh. it being changed the channel to me is not ironic at all. I'm <laughs> not being sarcastic. <laughs> <laughs> Too funny. Too funny. Yeah, I, I like what he puts out. He puts out some good stuff sometimes. I just wish I could understand him. Yeah, well, he's a redneck. Well, you'll check him out one day, Kevin. You'll like him. <laughs> Did we have a caller? Uh, I thought I heard a hang-up, but no, I don't see anything there. Oh, okay. So 941-421-0401. 941-421-0401 if you want to join us. Add to the conversation. Maybe help us move along. One thing he... Uh, he mentioned in there, uh, i got to try to remember it now because he went so fast and there were so many different things. Mm-hmm. Um, crud. Say again? Your caller's back. He oh. is? Yep. I don't see him. What are you talking about? What's going on? I don't know. Kevin, I don't know what you're seeing there, buddy. Do we have a caller? Oh, that yeah, answer is that. Oh. oh. Oh, there he is. Who's that? Delay. Lance in Tampa. Give us a call back, Lance, okay? <laughs> yeah, because I can't hear him at all. Let me answer it, Kev, because it's not coming through on my end here. Shut mine down here. Yeah, shut that down. Let me get him over here, because that might be why I didn't see it. It uh, could be. Yeah, very well could be. <laughs> we have a little... Call back, Lance in Tampa. Uh, we had two things going, and I fucked it up. That's my bad. <laughs> Yes, that's okay, though. You're allowed to have one mistake. Oh, wow. <laughs> Just one? Next mistake, the, the private little silent drone that I got buzzing around outside your house there will come the? in and you inject know, you. We don't have private silent drones. Things on eBay. They're like 40 or 50 bucks. I kind of want to buy one so I can spy on my neighbor, but she's 80 years old, so cancel that. When I was in, in high school, actually, I had this, like, it looked like it was ridiculous. It was this little ladybug, and it was tiny. And you could put it in any room in the house, and then you had this little receiver, and you, I would just like hide it in different rooms in the house and just like sit there and listen to it on the receiver. Jeez. 
Well, it kind of bit me in the ass, though. I was talking to a friend on the phone one night. I was like 16, talking about how I was out drinking one night with some friends, mm. and my mom had the receiver in. <laughs> yeah, see? see? They always ask awesome. for it. Yeah, they've but come I out, love spy stuff. They've come out with <laughs> new... They've come out with a new... They've come out with a new uh, uh, drone system where they have the large drone that'll fly in and then uh, drop its payload of tiny drones to to take out... Their targets. It's really creepy. This is very creepy. You know, they got these small. Yeah, the color. Good. Sorry. He just keeps. So the caller in Tampa, call back. That was my fault. If you're listening, please call back. I screwed that. Up. <laughs> Lance in Tampa, if you hear us, give us a call back. Sorry, bro. Um, it, it's weird. Oh, you know what else I wanted to show you or let you hear, Kevin? If I can find my damn mouse again. Um, I posted up on the first fifty-two a bunch of uh, checkpoints. Uh, and what they are, it's a its a video, how do you respond when you come to an illegal checkpoint? And it's about 15 minutes, so obviously I'm not going to play all of them. But I do want you to hear some of the really good ones. I'm going to let it load here. Uh, it's pretty uh, pretty amazing. Good. You a U.S. citizen? That's my business. Well, it's our business to ask. Are you a U.S. citizen or not? You can ask, that's fine. And you have to answer me, Ralph. I have to detain you until you can either tell me that you're... Well, I don't have to answer you because I have uh, rights as an American. Sir, go ahead and pull over there behind that other vehicle if you do me a favor. Nah, no thanks. Do you go to secondary for me, sir, to the right? No. I need you to go to secondary, sir. No, thank you. To the right? No. What's up, man? What's up? All right. Can we have you uh, pull in secondary, please? No, thank you. I'd like to go free on my way. You know, I thought this is America. I thought I had some freedom. To travel unmolested, and I'm just trying to go about my business here. You know, I don't have time to play games with you guys. <laughs> I don't know what I don't know what you think you're doing here. Uh, no, thank you. No, thank you. Thanks. I want I want to go free on my way. You know, I, I, correct me if I'm wrong. Did I stumble into Mexico or? Now that one there is a popular one that's been around a lot. Um, there, there's like five or six. There's like five or six on this video, so I'm going to let this one want to move a little forward. I'm just trying to let it load a little bit um, because there's some that you're just like, what? Here's the one I want you the girl. It's on the fly editing, so. What's the purpose of the stop? Immigration checkpoint. Okay, what's the scope of the stop? Immigration checkpoint of what? What do you work for? U.S. Border Patrol. Am I being detained? No, I'm asking you a simple question. Am I free to go? I'm asking you a question. You uh, need to answer my question. Am I being detained? You need to answer my question, sir. Thank am you. I being detained? Sir, you need to answer my question. Am I being detained? Please. I would like to go on my way if I'm not being detained. Am I being detained? I'm you a question. You need to answer my question. Telling you. I'm asking you if I'm being detained. I'm just asking you, for the purposes of immigration, I need to ask you of what country you're a citizen. Am I being detained? I'm asking you, are you being detained? <laughs> Am I free to go? You need to answer my question. Are you refusing to allow me to go on my way? You know what? You need to answer my question. You know are what? you refusing to allow me to go on my way? Can you pull over to secondary? Are you refusing to allow me to go on my way? Am I being detained? I'm asking you to pull over to secondary. Am I being detained? <laughs> Am I being detained? I'm asking for the purposes of immigration. You need to pull over to... Am I being detained? You pull over to immigration. 
You've told me now that I'm not being detained. Am I free to go? Sir, can you answer my question? Am I being detained? For the purposes of immigration, I need to ask you of what country you're a citizen. You can ask me whatever you want. Am I being detained? <laughs> you are not being detained, sir. Am I free to go? Okay, she's now you know what? looking around my vehicle. I'm free to go. Have a good day. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, have a good day. It just pisses me off because I've been through those two down by Glamis, Arizona, and they want to inspect, inject, inflect, and everything else. You know what? The border checkpoint should be on the fucking border, not 100 miles away, okay? And no, I totally agree. That is absurd. And that actually when brings us... That... Go ahead. When I pull up that thing, I want them to go, you know, are you an American citizen? I want to go, see... <laughs> I, didn't want to be, I didn't want to be harassed. I had the wife and the kids in the car at the time, and oh, just leave the checkpoint to the border. You know, if they secure our fucking borders, we don't have to worry about the people coming in and out. Okay, well, we do, but or you could say, "Am I being detained twenty times?" And they'll just be annoyed. Am I free to, to go? go? Am I being detained? <laughs> Am I free to go? Am I being detained? Oh man! Well, hey, that's you know, if you if you're gonna do this and you you got to stand up, honey, you're afraid to go on a plane with me next, you know, in June. Yeah, because I don't want you to go to jail. No, well, you know? I don't want to go to jail either. Well, that's probably where you're going. If we try to put you on a plane, <laughs> <laughs> I doubt it. Um, what I wanted to talk about next actually goes right along with the checkpoints and border patrol and stuff like that. And uh, this is just a, a an alert to go out. <clears throat> to uh, to people who live in states that have medical marijuana that are uh, on the board. I'm going to sneeze here, so if I uh, if I go quiet, you'll know why. Uh, here, honey, read this article because I got a sneeze coming. I can't stop it. <clears throat> Border patrol checkpoints are federally regulated. That's a really short article. I mean, they're <laughs> basically the idea of it is you know, your state laws are no longer in effect when you're sitting on those borders. You're now under federal law. So you would be prosecuted. They're not going to care if you have a license or not. But like You Kevin's, won't be able to have marijuana on you in the state of California on the border. Well, no, like Kevin says, though, it's is these checkpoints aren't on the border. They're 40, 50, 60 miles in from the border. Um, so that's a big issue and in itself. why don't they spend the money... Take all of our fucking troops out of Afghan- Afghanistan. Ask- Afghanistan. Afghanistan. Uh, Iraq and all those other <laughs> Shut up, Sean. And put them on our borders. Okay? You know, if you want our borders to be safe, then guard the goddamn things. Don't sit there and just put a checkpoint that you're going to pay some heckle and jekyll, uh, whatever you're going to pay them to harass U.S. citizens. You know, if I pull up, and I'm a fat white guy, by the way, with Irish and English descent. Do I look like a fucking immigrant to you? I mean, you're a fucking half-breed, but I love you. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, exactly. I'm Irish and Italian and Mexican. So, you know, I, I got gotcha. you. Nobody's really... Uh, some, there's some people out there that'll say, you know what, you're a... You're a, nat- you're a Native American because you, you, know, you were born here. You, 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 you're native to America, which, yes, in all technology, yes. in, in all technical terms... I am, um, but I am not. I'm not what a true Native American is. But the point is, uh, you know, the, this whole thing. I got a, a little audio to go with this. Also, uh, excuse me, guys. I, the sneeze won't come, 
So let's hear what this uh, story has to do with here. And the largest medical marijuana dispensary in the city of Seattle, Green Ambrosia, which opened last Saturday. Even though voters legalized recreational pot for people over 21 years old, Green Ambrosia only sells pot products to customers who have prescriptions for medical marijuana. Store owner Dante Jones isn't sure how the state will handle licensing related to Initiative 502. We're not exactly sure how or what we're going to need to do to move into I-502. We're preparing for it, but at the same time, we're not expecting it to happen. The State Liquor Control Board is currently setting rules for pot growers, processors, and retailers. While Washington is one of just two states to legalize marijuana, many others do allow medical marijuana use. But pot is still classified as illegal by the federal government. And as Angela Kacherga shows us tonight, the clash between state and federal law is playing out at checkpoints all along the Mexican border. It's going to be 3074. Justin Seavey often it's going to be 30, from other medical marijuana patients who come into his Las Cruces store for gardening supplies. Under New Mexico's program, they can grow a small number of plants for personal use. A good little bit of our business is from people on the, on the program. And they always have a new story to, to relate to us. United States Border Patrol. Some of those stories involve their experiences. Okay. Morning, sir. How you doing? With checkpoints set up to catch drug smugglers. Medical marijuana may be legal in New Mexico, but the governor points out Thank possession is still a violation of federal law. It is federal jurisdiction, not state jurisdiction. And so the Border Patrol, if they find that uh, marijuana, are able to do as they please because they don't enforce state law. They enforce federal law. And several others. CV says have. he avoids carrying any marijuana so, through checkpoints, even though he's a card-carrying patient. But when stopped, has told agents he's in the medical marijuana program. Did they ask for the card or did they? No, he didn't care at all. He, he said, show, show me the, the weed, essentially, and that if I didn't hand it to him, he was going to take me to jail. CV says he was allowed Bastard. to leave after the agents did not find anything in his vehicle. Now he's nervous whenever he has to travel through a checkpoint. My palms will get sweaty, the heartbeat increases. It's like, I don't even know why I feel this. I know I should have nothing to be afraid of. I just avoid it. He avoids checkpoints altogether. This patient does not want his face shown because he lives in a small New Mexico town. I think everybody that has a card knows that it's a checkerboard of now you're covered, now you're not. Right. Despite their concerns, there's some discretion when it comes to medical marijuana. Good morning. In a memo, the Department of Justice advised U.S. attorneys to focus their resources on prosecuting drug traffickers rather than patients who abide by state laws. According to the U.S. attorney in New Mexico, patients with marijuana who've been stopped at checkpoints have not been prosecuted but drive across the state line into Texas, and it's a different story. There's no medical marijuana program here. Where are you headed to today? In Texas, even a small amount of pot can land a person in jail. Ridiculous. Celebrities are among those who've been arrested at the Sierra Blanca checkpoint. That possibility... Oh, that's where uh, some medical marijuana Willie Nelson patients. got picked up. CV tries to keep a low profile. Since I've cut my hair, I haven't had a single problem yet. We're headed north. Even so, he remains on edge. Every time he drives through a checkpoint. Angela Cocherga, King 5 News. So, Kevin, you've been through one of these checkpoints. Is that what you're telling me? Yes, I have. And it was, it's, it's 
intimidating to say the least. And it's, I, I still stand by my opinion. And you know, I was texted saying, well, it helps catch the people that have jumped the border or whatever. If we had stronger presence on the border and maybe one or two checkpoints a mile or two from the border, you know, put the military down there, put the agents down there, keep the border secure. If they get past them, hey, you know what? That's their bad. And it's, I mean, I love weed. I don't smoke, but I love it. And it's, why should it be so fucking illegal where people are going to jail over it? Well, fortunately enough, as they said in the story, I mean, you're not seeing people going to jail too much um, at those checkpoints is when you cross those checkpoints is where the problem kicks in. If you're bringing 80 kilos from Mexico into America, okay, you know, bust them. I, I, I get it. We can grow our own. But... It's just, uh, it's misuse of the government. Like, well, a good example is the government owned the Bunny Ranch for a while. Guess who lost money? If they can't sell pussy and make money, they're doing something <laughs> wrong, okay? Isn't that the truth, man? Isn't that the truth? Uh, what are you thinking over there, honey? You got anything uh, lined up that you wanted to really get into? I've got a few things over here that I could get you fired up with. I'm sure you do. I mean, it's been... It has been quite the week. We have a little hellfire child that uh, can't seem to keep his hands to himself, and he just he doesn't seem to want to run along with the rest of the pack. And uh, we're on daycare number four at this point. Kid is four years old, so <laughs> it's been a rough week yet again. Um, my mom was amazing this week. She just like kind of drove down fly by night thing and stayed with us for the week to help us get through it. And we've had a, a rough week with that whole thing. Yeah. You know, I know that kid's parents, and I know why he's out of control. <laughs> <laughs> Wonder why that could be. Uh, I I can't find the one I wanted to talk to you about, honey. I'm so sorry. I don't know where it went to, but we have uh, Holder homegrown terrorist threat rivals overseas. Have you seen this story at all yet, Kev? Not yet. I'm looking. All right. Uh, after years of security briefs and thwarting terrorist plots, <laughs> which is a joke in itself, uh, national security still keeps Eric Holder awake. I still worry at night, the U.S. Attorney General told ABC, ABC's Perry Thomas in a wide-ranging exclusive interview on Wednesday. I'm concerned about whether or not we have done all that we can to ensure that every threat has been adequately examined, that we put up our defenses in appropriate ways, Holder said. So, yeah, I still go to bed worried at night. Is this how you imagine he talks? Yeah, well, I'm being dramatic. Oh, I mean, okay. Obviously, I'm being a little dramatic just, here. Right. Right. American security is Eric Holder, okay? <laughs> yes, I mean, this is this is the man. The man that shipped guns to Mexico in the Fast and the Furious. Right, I got you. This is the man okay. that decided he, he wanted like that. to okay. raid the drug I'm just, you know, go collectives. ahead. I was, you're, you're capturing his character. This Thank is you. the man yeah. that wants... Your drugs. All right, Alex, go on. <laughs> Don't call me that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I wanted to skip all, uh, forward here. It says, Core Al-Qaeda doesn't have the capacity that it once did, but it's masterized. Master, 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 masterized. <laughs> <laughs> what, what was that? Mesmerized. Uh, 
No, it's uh, what is it here? Metastasized. Metastasized. See, I need glasses. I'm telling you, I need glasses. I'm getting old. I've metastasized in, in a number of ways. We now worry about the nudes of Al-Qaeda. Al-Qaeda in the Arab Peninsula. Al-Qaeda now in Africa. Al-Qaeda in Iraq, Holder said. The threat is more widespread in terms of where those people are, where those significant people are. That's how it's different now. But the funny thing is, as he continues to talk, he says, I worry a little that the American people from the general population has become a little complacent and that we don't understand or realize that the threats are still real, that the danger is out there. It is still tangible, that we still have to be vigilant, he continued to say. Uh, where is it that he talks about us? Oh, here we are. Is this it here? Yeah. Uh, it's a very serious threat, I think. I think what it says is that the scope, our scope, has to be broadened. We cannot think that it's just a bunch of people in caves in some part of the world, Holder said. We have to concern. We have to be concerned about the homeland to the same extent that we are worried about the threat coming from overseas. So we have to worry about the home. I hate that term, homeland. First of all, first of all, Department of Homeland Security. We're li- we have to be concerned with the homeland. Doesn't that kind of, you know, ring? Uh... You know, this threat's been around forever. And it's being played for a political uh, gain, if you will. It's, I mean, 9-11 is one thing, and uh, Oklahoma City bombing is another thing. And by the way, I live in a town where they busted a guy for Oklahoma City bombing. And it's, um, it's all, in my opinion, contrived bullshit to make us more afraid. So we need bigger government, a.k.a. the... Uh, uh, the the bill, what the hell is that thing called? Uh, NDAA. Thank you, NDAA, National Defense Authorization Act. Where they they want us to be afraid. They want us to be an anti state. They want us to rely on them. Fuck them. No, oh, I agree. Uh, and they've been using this for years to to keep us in fear. Um, it was always it's always been some boogeyman somewhere. It was Hitler at one time, then. You know, we have to worry about the communist, uh, uh, Ho Chi Minh Trail, uh, those guys. And it, there's always somebody, the Koreans at one time, and there's always somebody that we put on the pedestal of having to worry about. Now, uh, Al-Qaeda, I, they keep talking about Al-Qaeda, but they forget that we support them in other countries. So uh, it, it's it's really, it's one of those things, it's like, how do we... Uh, I don't all know. of that interconnects with the media. I mean, all of your mainstream media, your easy access media, they all have cheat sheets. They're all reading off the same paperwork. They they don't realize even, I wouldn't think, that they're pushing the same agenda across the board. They're all told what to say. They're all reading off of a teleprompter. They're not formulating their own opinions and thoughts. And so we're being hand-fed every day the bullshit as to which we run our lives by. Go ahead, Kev. For those listening that think, you know, well, these guys are loony. They don't know what they're talking about, blah, blah, blah. You know, do your due diligence and do your homework. Review other news sources other than CNN, NBC, CBS. Look at, like, Russia Today or the BBC or um, I'm not going to say Drudge Report so much, but independent news sources that just want to report on the news. Well, what's wrong with Drudge? What's wrong with Drudge? Well, I don't know Drudge that well, so I I can't comment on it and be uh, 
and and back them without not the knowledge in my head that I know that they're right. You know what I'm saying? Gotcha. Gotcha. I'm, I'm not trying to prompt them or dissuade against them. I just don't know that much about them. So, but you know, BBC, awesome news agency. They they tell it like it is. Uh, was it Russia Today or what's that? That Russia news agency? Right. Well, I've talked about Russia Today, um, and I I watched them for a long time. I mean, Adam Kokash used to be on there with Adam versus the man. Uh, and then he had to leave because they uh, they kind of got him on a not not Russia Today but the U.S. government because he Russia Today is financed by a foreign government so they kind of uh, they kind of got him thrown out of there because he was promoting Ron Paul. Uh, of course, it was a blatant attack against Ron Paul. Um, so, but the, my issue with Russia Today is it's it's uh, uh, counter uh, propaganda. You know, Wait, I'm not saying support them, but I'm saying look at the news agencies around the world. Don't rely on CNN, NBC, CBS, ABC, Fox. Fuck Fox. Fuck Tucker Carlson, by the way. And this, you know, <laughs> this all these different news agencies. Look at them and take in the news. Don't rely on one source. Right, exactly, and that's that's very true. And that's with us. And you know, I don't always get everything right, and I get my stuff from a lot of different places. You know, people think I just listen to Alex Jones, which I have a clip uh, of him and uh, Catherine Albrecht uh, talking about the cult. It's about three and a half minutes. I'm going to play that here coming up soon. Um, I, I wanted to pull a lot more audio out of that, and I just ran out of time because there was a. Although the one piece of audio I want to pull, uh, and I'm going to play next week when Dave's on with us, is. Uh, is it about chemtrails? Might be. Possibly. <laughs> About chemtrails. There could be a possibility that it's about chemtrails. Wow, I'll be damned. Actually, it's a really neat theory, and I do want to do some research into it, um, because she talks about um, this spraying being used as the aluminum and stuff being used as a coating on the trees to use the trees as RFID transmitters. It's interesting. It's very interesting. I don't want to get into it now because I don't have the audio pulled. Um, but we will talk about that next week with our buddy Fortoad when he returns. Boy. So that'll be fun. Go ahead, Dave. Or uh, the Kevin. Wow. How the fuck do you call me Dave? Because <laughs> it's getting late. Wow, that was wrong. Yeah, I come on here and I, I, I try to be the greatest co-host in the world and you're just looking <laughs> Dave's side, dude. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> At least I didn't call you Fortoads. <laughs> oh goodness all right let's take a a, a gander a, a gander let's take a listen to this audio here i'm gonna need you to mute because it's on your channel right all right then uh let's uh hear what they had people that are part about. of it are begging okay, what do i do to be part of that right. and this is a whole cult where they get off i'll see them out in public i go you're a professor aren't you and you're a eugenist and i'm not talking to you jones <laughs> this happened two weeks ago at a coffee shop because i could tell the guy was looking at me going oh yeah and i went you feel powerful because you're in on this he was like get away from me but i mean the point is they're out there like a cult it's like body snatchers yeah and even nancy pelosi what was the first thing she did when she got elected to congress she redid the congressional dining hall to be all organic food and to get rid of all of the, the high fructose Monsanto, the communist Chinese. Stuff. All the elites are obsessed. But listen, you're asking me questions. Keep rolling with all these points. Yeah, no, it's it's absolutely the elite, uh, if you want to call them that. I call them the pond scum. They're the people who think they're the cream that has risen to the top of the milk, but they're really... They're the fools that really think they algae. won't reap what they sow. <laughs> they're the fools think that they can do evil and get away with it. 
Well, and they view themselves, and I know this because, you know, I, I went to Harvard, and I go to a lot of these meetings and a lot of these government meetings and such, and they really do view themselves as being uh, smarter than everybody else and, and really being in a position to kind of direct everyone else's lives. So, you know, the pond scum, the algae that chokes out the oxygen for, for all the rest of us, this really is, is their view. And they have built escape hatches. They don't send their kids to government schools. They send their kids to elite prep schools. With armed guards. With armed guards. And they don't eat the food that they expect the rest of us to eat. One of my favorite uh, stories was when John Kerry was doing a promotional, uh, you know, smile and greet at uh, Wendy's restaurant. And there he was, and he's shaking hands with the person in the Wendy's apron, whatever. And they put the food in front of him, and he wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't touch it. Wouldn't put a bite in his mouth. And then afterwards, this got written up because they said, oh, he's an elitist. Because afterwards, he went out and got into his little mobile van, and the local country club brought him a four-course meal. But the fact that he wouldn't even put it to his lips, you would think at least for a photo opportunity. He did one. He did one. You know, that the journalists were watching you, the cameras were on you. He'd at least take a bite. But he didn't even touch it. And who's he married to? Teresa Hines Hines. of Hines. And what does Hines do? They're part of the whole system that provides the food. And they're all eugenicists. You can take any of these people and research what they give money to because their charity stuff is public. It's all the eugenics groups. Whenever uh, the Secretary of uh, Treasury got like $200 million himself of bailout money and got the waiver from himself to do it, they went and looked and they gave like half the money to eugenics organizations. I mean, they are dedicated to this. That's wild. That's well, wild. Did you, and then you look did you hear about Zuckerberg giving money to the Life Extension Group? Yes. Yeah, no, this is their well, deal. Those are the folks who want to live forever because that's the animating spirit behind all of this. There's an animating spirit that was put in motion way back in the Garden of Eden. You know, what, what, what was the promise that, that the serpent made to Eve? He's, I'll make you God. Uh, you will have the power. You will have the knowledge of good and evil. And, of course, God said, well, if you do that, you'll surely die. And he meant if you bite into the apple and embrace the technology, the knowledge that's going to come from that, your whole species is going to die. He didn't mean Adam and Eve right then. He meant your entire community of the future is going to die. If you become, because Satan can't create, he has to use God's creation. So, they got into a lot of different things there. And you missed the part of it, honey. Look, uh, oh, okay. I'm sorry. It, was, it got so religious, and then I'm not against religion. I believe in something bigger. But I've been, I've actually been to Jerusalem and seen it, and I felt no better when I left there and had a beer than I do today. It's, oh man, religion That's pisses all me off. Well, yeah, I yeah. should have probably cut it before the religion started in. But yeah, I liked I what a they too heavy on that. I just, I kind of liked, I don't know, the the whole. Something about it grabbed me because you know me; I'm not a big religious person either. But something about that last little clip got me. But you missed the whole Wendy's story about the. Uh, um, no, not I you. I'm, He's like, yeah, elitist asshole who only wants to eat his fluffy tomatoes and homegrown lettuce and things like that instead of food that's produced in America, which everybody else is eating. Well, no, he knows the that danger. Shock me at all. I mean, I know about that, but he knows the danger of the food. That's the difference. See, that's why he wouldn't even put it up to his lips, like she was saying. It's not that he didn't want to eat it. It's that he didn't want to. Well, it's it's not that he wasn't hungry. It's that he didn't want to eat it because he knew it was no good for him. Uh, I went right. to this gathering about six months back. It was actually local in Charlotte County, and it was held at a whole food store and it was they labeled this meeting um prison plastics and we watched this documentary and all these different people got up and talked about it and all these different people had 
you know, different contributions that they had made to society that helped support their indifference with the idea of everything being packaged in plastic, like your bottled water and everything sealed in plastic. And they talked about all the different, you know, things that leaked out. And the guy that did the documentary, there was one point where he had traveled abroad. He finally found a plastic uh, manufacturing company that would allow him to come in and have a tour and see how these products were made. And so she did this whole walkthrough in some alternate language that was just not in English. There was a lot of areas that he couldn't travel to, but at one point they sat down in this conference room and there was this container in the middle of the table and it was iced up and it had all these bottled waters in it. And she had this water that was in a separate container. It was in this, like, uh, little thermos thing she had. And he went to hand her a bottle of water, and she was like, oh, no, thank you. I don't drink those. And he was like, but you you run this whole thing. Why don't you drink out of your own bottles? And she was like, I don't drink anything out of plastic. I don't eat anything out of plastic. And it was just like, just at that point, it was like, wow, well, damn, you know, these people will make it, but they're not exactly eating it or, you know, drinking it or, you know, subscribing to it because they know the effects it has. It's just like doctors that say, you know, vaccinate your child, but we don't vaccinate ours. You know, it all turns back to that. I'm a little worried because my bottle of whiskey's in plastic, so now i got to think about this. Oh, oh yeah. Shit. You never buy anything in plastic, <laughs> man. There was a new study that just came out, actually. BPA is deadly to, de- to the developing brains of babies in utero, new study shows. Uh, scientists from the Duke University in North Carolina have identified yet another major threat to human health posed by the plastic chemical bisphenol A, known as BPA. According to new research, babies exposed to BPA in urethra or during their developmental stage in the womb could experience inhibited, inhabited central nervous system development, which in turn could set them up for future stricken with neurodevelopmental problems. So basically... That was a tough one. That was a tough one. Yeah. A lot of big words in that one. No, yeah. Uh, way too much. Those big words. <laughs> <laughs> yes, this is uh, Raz Radio hooked on phonics for you. Approaching midnight with yeah, Sean we're getting close. <laughs> <laughs> A good uh, tie-in story to this, guys. And, and in the camera, this bottle I'm holding here... Hold on. Go ahead. This is yeah. this is a soda stream bottle. That little uh, doohickey you make your own soda with, and which I use because it's a lot healthier. But right on the side of the bottle, do you know what it says? It says carbonated water, carbonate water only. Do not wash bottle in dishwasher or hot water because it will release be release. I'm sorry, like Sean. It will release BPHs. <laughs> well, and see, that's the argument, and people don't understand. They go, "Well, there's no big deal because I'm not gonna, uh, you know, heat my bottle of water in the in the microwave or or bring it up to a temperature." But they forget, and I think I talked about this last week or the week before. You know, the transportation right, process. Yeah, the transportation process, the storage process, the the sitting on the loading dock in the sun for four hours. The bottles get heated and cooled throughout their whole transportation. Including your 24 packs of bottled water, which I'm drinking one right now. By the way, this also (laughs) says BPA-free, 
And um, do not heat above 120 Fahrenheit and do not go below 34 degrees Fahrenheit. And discard after June of 2015. Oh, you know why that so is? They actually care about you. Well, and that's also because you put that under pressure because you add CO2 to it. You add carbon dioxide to it. To, to Right. Yeah, so it's being put under pressure. So that's why they don't want you to heat it and cool it, heat it and cool it, heat it and cool it, because it'll weaken the, the glass. Hey, uh, Skin and Biscuits tried calling four times and no answer. As you, uh, I shut my shit off. That's on you, brother. Uh-oh. I haven't seen anything come in. Yeah, nothing's come up. I have no missed calls. It's a nine four one four two one zero four zero one. We're getting close to the end, but please call in. Hey, I'm gonna re uh, reload my Skype here, and yeah, we're almost done. So, but I will reload it and see if maybe I because uh, we never got the call from the guys up at uh, at Robstock. Yeah, either. we need an update. I'm gonna call Dave and see what the hell's going on. I think Sean's uh, Skype is fucked up. I, I blame myself. Although Dave, I know the owner of the station. We can probably go long. <laughs> you think maybe? Uh, the owner doesn't want to go too long because he's kind of wiped. <laughs> <laughs> Let's see here. I just, I just restarted it, so if you're trying to call, it's restarted. I think because you answered it, it took over on your end. You didn't get any missed calls on your end, though? I shut it down half an hour ago. Oh, okay. Yeah, I don't know why that is. Make sure you're calling the right number there, Skin. Would be my guess. I don't know. I just called four times. No answer. Well, I was just going to wrap it up anyway, so uh, we'll have to get the calls next week. Uh, hopefully we didn't miss anything because of that, but if we did, I apologize. Uh, Kevin, I appreciate your time. Uh, before we wrap up tonight, let's get an idea of what's going on tomorrow, because I'm still confused myself. Uh, me and Shifty have decided to join forces, a.k.a. the Wonder Twin style, and uh, he had to hand his show back over to uh, Canna Fornication, which his time slot was in, and he wants to infiltrate my show and bring his awe-inspiring knowledge in, which he is a pretty good guy. <laughs> so we're doing a four-hour slot from, which is 6 to 10 Eastern Standard Time, and we're going to kind of divide it up with uh, uh, Shifty and Joe, and uh, then me and Shifty and Joe, then me and my uh, fabulous co-host, a.k.a. Trainwreck. That's a good name for him, by the way. Trainwreck. So, um, yeah, the, the, the weekend review starting at 6 Excellent. p.m. Eastern Standard Time now. So, Excellent. Everybody make sure you tune in for the weekend review tomorrow. Um, Kevin and his boys all do a, a really good job. No matter what they want to say about it, uh, and we know Skin likes to pick on uh, Jesse, so that's always fun to watch that going down. So, Kevin, thick I appreciate. Yeah, you got to grow some thick skin, my friend. Thick skin is what it takes. Kevin, I appreciate your time. We'll be hearing you tomorrow, and uh, have a good evening. Now we're going to take us out for the night, guys. I want to thank you for joining us for the first fifty-two here on Raz Radio Live. Make sure you tune in next week. Check out Kevin's show tomorrow. Don't forget about uh, Mallard on Tuesday. And uh, be safe this week. We love you. Love you guys. Long live Raz Radio Live. Let's investigate the consequence of a bittersweet loss of sense. A weapon in a war against ourselves. The setting sun is loading guns Don't be afraid of mistakes Emotions misplaced 
so much thanks the first 52 is the bump diggity are chemtrail geoengineering programs changing our weather and destroying our environment why in the world are they spraying 
they want to create a storm in the southeast, then they'll start engineering out over the North Pacific. That's where the trailies will be. Find out why critics are calling Why in the World Are They Spraying, the most important film that is revolutionizing the environmental movement. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's just going to get worse until the point where we're not going to be able to grow anything at all unless it's a Monsanto genetically modified abiotic stress resistant seed. Why in the World Are They Spraying? New international version with languages available from around the world. Go to whyintheworldarethespraying.com for more information. It's all about money, and weather is another form of commoditizing, a way the central command group can commoditize another form of our life. Why in the world are they spraying? And if you control the weather, you're going to control the planet. It's that simple.